When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to this midweek edition of The Last Word on Spurs. This is what happens when Tottenham are no longer in Europe or no longer have any cup domestic competitions to play in. You still get Last Word on Spurs on a midweek, but we save you the uh, therapy of a game day in which Spurs ultimately go on to lose. You get a nice midweek edition where Spurs still have a top four well, battle to play for, unbelievably. Uh, delighted to be joined by three returning guests to The Last Word on Spurs. Um, if you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Audio Boom, because we're on any different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter, at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram, too. And as per the intro, joined by three great returning guests. First up, on my top right, she is our Spurs women's correspondent, We've got the blind Anna back from uh, Spurs XY. Anna, lovely to have you here. How are you? Oh, hello, everyone. I'm good, thank you. How are you, Ricky? Amazing, lovely. I know many people will be asking, obviously, um, the last time you was on, bless you, you were struggling with illness. So lovely to have you back on. Are we f- fighting fit now, Anna? Are you all good? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I am fully fit. I'm healthy as a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Lovely to have Anna back with us here on the last one on Spurs. Joining Anna tonight, we've got the great James Dickens, who's always tells it as it is. Level-headed, so looking forward to hearing how he's coping with Spurs at the moment. James, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, mate. I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, very good indeed, James. Very good indeed. Nice to actually be talking about Spurs on the reflection of a win the previous week, which um, I can't always say I've done this season. So, uh, yeah, I think spirits are quite good. And the spirits are always good when this man's in the house. been a while. So, pleased to finally welcome back to the last one on Spurs. Even 20 minutes before we had technical difficulties, we've managed to get him in. This, we've managed to get him in with casting, with makeup. We've got the brilliant Sammy Power back at the last one on Spurs. Sammy, how are we, my friend? <laughs> well, I need some help with the uh, with the technology, mate, and also, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any makeup that's going to be able to help me either. But it's uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be back on, pal. As always, I'm I'm really disappointed because last time I was supposed to be on. Uh, we absolutely romped five goals home um, and I just couldn't get on. My, 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 I wasn't getting a connection, was I, at all? But um, And then I've tried to connect this evening and the camera wasn't working. So so unfortunately, I'm on my phone. So hopefully everybody can hear me clearly and it's, it's great to be back on with you all. Amazing. Absolutely. Listen, thank you so much for our watching audience here. Um, like I said, on a night where we haven't got a game to 
obviously review. Um, but we've got Spurs in a battle for a top four that we're looking at. We'll be also be discussing um, Spurs' players that are currently out on loan, how they're getting on in terms of where we stand for next season. Of course, there's already been links to summer transfer targets. I know you're thinking it's far too early, but we'll be giving a quick delve into there. And then, of course, also finally looking um, at where Spurs stand in terms of Newcastle to come in a couple of weeks. Obviously, players away on international breaks, I think it's fair to say, can't look too far ahead. Um, but of course, Christian Romero, one of those players now that has been called up that we wasn't expecting. And um, to Kev on the screen there, I must say, thank you so much, Kev. If you haven't seen it already, last one on Spurs reached the incredible milestone of 6 million listens on podcasts over the course of the last four to five years. And again, that goes down to listen, the wonderful support we've had for last one on Spurs. So thank you ever so much for the dedication, uh, the loyal listeners that have been with us right from the very start. Thank you so much for all your incredible support. And listen, we love doing this show. Um, we love it even more when we win. And we're lucky that we had that win last week. That kind of gives us some spirit to go into it. So James, um, before we do touch upon the top four, I just want to discuss with you uh, how you're feeling right now as a Spurs fan. We have finally broken that win-loss, win-loss, win-loss cycle. Um, confidence back in the camp, James, or are you still reserving your judgment? No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm confident. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I think a couple of weeks ago, uh, basically I decided that I wasn't going to have spurs, uh, affecting my emotional state every week because, uh, I was on this roller coaster and, you know, it's kind of been the same for 40 years or whatever. So I thought, try and knock this on the head. Uh, I failed. So, um, I'm basically where wherever Spurs are, I am. So we're in a good, we're in a really good position. I thought I'm, I was going to give up watching Spurs. I mean, I've got a season ticket, so that would be really stupid and a waste of money. I've got three, in fact. So, um, but yeah, no. Now I'm. Uh, I think we're cooking on gas, and uh, yeah, I can't wait till till we get to the summer. And and you know, we'll talk about transfers later. But that, and then mm. hopefully, as long as Conte stays around, and you know, old dad from years ago wants to come home again, and. Uh, because he's uh, he's having trouble in France, so it's nice to be wanted, isn't it? So um, yeah, always. I think if Conti's happy, I'm happy. That's basically it. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, we are going to touch upon all the uh, the speculation rumours that are out there. That's what you get on a week without saying we've got no game to review. Thankfully for some. Uh, Anna, let's come around to you. Lovely to have you back on the show. I mean, listen, you, you obviously, I think again for you, you're avidly at a lot of those home games, so you see mm. uh, the nature of Spurs' form over the course of the last few months. I mean, it's not been the most easiest on the eye. Uh, where do you stand at the moment in terms of Spurs' form? Are you confident that between now and the end of the season, Spurs can go on a run? I think it's interesting. You mentioned those home games like Wolves and Saints, which were shambolic, to say the least. That was awful. And then we had that win-loss, win-loss, literally like that. And it was just like, great, we can watch every other game. But I think what really showed against West Ham was that people, the players are really starting to see what Conte wants from them. They're playing into it. They're getting confident in it. And we were managing the game against a team who isn't like those derbies are not easy, but we made it look like fairly easy even though when they pulled it all back it was not a walk in the park but it was fairly comfortable like they really didn't have a say in that game and especially when the third goal went in and it meant so much to us and I think now we can start to believe that yeah maybe we can do top four I think what the most important thing though it is in our hands looking at the games and we'll go into that in detail but looking at the running we have they are all doable apart from like Liverpool but it is doable it's in our hands and Sometimes that's great and sometimes it's super scary because when it's in our hands, it's like, oh gosh, we can screw it up. But I think it's doable and it's it's scary to be that hopeful, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, this is obviously the concern, isn't it? Because uh, between one week to the next, it changes all the time, Sam. And I said, uh, I know you were absolutely gutted that you wasn't unfortunately on for the pod where Spurs thrashed Everton. But such is the nature of Spurs' performance we've seen. From one week to the next, it's been so unpredictable that they've finally broken that spell now, have won back-to-back Premier League games in terms of, obviously, Brighton and then West Ham. Are you confident, Sam, going into these final nine remaining games that Spurs can go on a run before we look deeper into the top four where we stand? Never, Ricky. Uh, no, <laughs> but uh, no. In all in all seriousness, we all have the same feel. I'm I'm a bit on Anthony Costa's side when he, you know, with the with, with the doubt, uh, it's sort of uh, it's gone into me um, because you know you can never predict what's going to happen. But 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 on a serious note, I'm I'm really happy with what I'm seeing. As as Anna said, that performance at West Ham that was the uh, that was the catalyst of right. We're here now. Um, because there have been a few shaky games. We always have shaky games. I always say the same thing, Ricky. We're either Accrington Stanley or Barcelona. There's no in-between. But at the moment, there is a consistency uh, that's come from Antonio Conte being at the club. Um, and he is the key to it all. Um, so I'm confident for our next four games. Let me tell you that. I looked at those on paper and thought we should be pick, taking 12 points for those. But they're always the games that that, that, that I'm wrong, and, wrong about. You know, we turn up to these big matches. I thought West Ham was going to be a potential draw. Hopefully we'd nick it. And we dominated, absolutely played them off the park. So um, Spurs just do nothing but continue to surprise me uh, as much as they do um, oftenly depress me. Um, but um, but yeah, so, so I'll go with the next four games. I think we're going to go on a run. Um, uh, but but we'll have to see moving forward. I'm sure we're going to talk about the table. I mean, for me, it's Arsenal's to lose, uh, but mm. I would want no better man in in charge of it than um, uh, than Antonio Conte, and that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, coming over to you, James. You know, um, for me, it's almost felt like the the way Spurs play and even the results they get are really dictated by the mood of Antonio Conte, who seems to have been uplifted over the past couple of games. And, um, you know, bef- again, before we do get into the top four battle, what have you making of Conte's almost change in attitude over the last few weeks? Do you sense a more upbeat approach from Antonio, almost setting the players a target there of saying top four now? He's made it clear that is the target for the club. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he's, you know, he he's obviously emotionally... Like, I, think, I think it's harsh interviewing anyone directly after a game, um, but him particularly so. Um, like there's a, and to be honest, I think a lot of his pronouncements I was absolutely sick of. I just wish he'd be quiet. But now I think he's um, he seems to be in a good place. I th- but the players, you know, the play the club have signed players who are performing, who have gone straight into the team and are working out. Um, he's getting he was getting a tune out. Well, I, I think obviously we've you've spoken about at length on here. The wing bats are so important, and he's now well. We had two functioning and then now we've got kind of one and a half Region still kind of in and out. But I think that's really important. And uh, and obviously the return of um, of Christian Romero has made just a huge difference. Like he's got to be one of the top two or three defenders in the league. So I think that has helped Conte's mood. And, you know, I think as, as, as someone, someone commented, the, the West Ham, they were tired. Yeah, they were tired, but, you know, Spurs have played enough of those games in the past, particularly under Pochettino, um, and you, this, you've still got to go and beat them. Um, yeah, there you go, from Steve. 
Um, and I think Conte was much more... Like, when you see him in the cup game, domestic cup games, he just sits on the bench. He doesn't look bothered at all. But in that West Ham game, he looked really bothered. And, you know, I think Arsenal are... Arsenal in the box seat and they're playing well, but they've never been under this pressure. So I guess we'll come to that um, soon. And I think, yeah, as you said, the next four games, if we can win them and get into Leicester and get a point or win that at home, and then there's a real pressure on them at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Anna, for you, Antonio Conte, I mean, I know, um, obviously beforehand, he was very reluctant to almost set that target of, you know, a top four finish, but subsequently, obviously Spurs are out of all, uh, the cup competitions, you feel that unless he gives those players a target, I think it's going to be hard to motivate the squad between now and the end of the season. Uh, what have you made of his changing tact over the last few weeks? Does he seem a more content man at the club than what he was previously? Yeah, I mean, you can't forget he's a passionate Italian man. I mean, they're not exactly known for being calm as a cucumber. So I don't think we'll ever expect that from him. But yes, he is obviously a little bit more controlled now. Um, but I think it's also playing down to the fact that he's seeing what he's envisioned. It's coming alive on the pitch and he's seeing the players playing into it. We've mentioned the two signings. I think Decky and Venter have been fantastic for us. So, you know, them, them coming in and, you know, that proving to be well. And I think right now he's happy, but it is difficult because it's still like a work in progress, a massive work in progress. And the summer will, will be the big tell here um, if we can invest. And why wouldn't we? We really need to. Um, I think right now he is happy because it is going his way. I mean, I don't know if anyone saw the Conte cam from the weekend, but the hug he gave Sonny, like, mm, yeah. like that's just that for the celebration. Like he's just, he's finally getting to work with the players he wants to work with. And like, he didn't enjoy working with um, certain players who we'd loaned out. And now he's, I think he's got the best he can under current circumstances. So yeah, I think his, his mood is, is good. And, and because he's seeing the results, it's not just because people are telling him to behave or anything, but I think he's genuinely enjoying it more. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, questions on the screen here. Chris says, are the broadcasters conspiring to make that Spurs v Arsenal game our last game of the season? Chris, I promise you we'll give you our thoughts on that when we, uh, say, dissect uh, this top four battle with Sting Stand. And Ollie asked me about my thoughts on Dybala. Ollie, I promise you we have got a section dedicated to uh, speculation of transfers. I'm sure Jason McGovern will love to hear that section. I'm sure he'll be skipping past that as quick as possible. But Sammy, just to get your opinion on Conte and his mood at the moment. As I've said to both Anna and to James, he seems a bit more content than what he had been at Spurs um, over the last few months. I mean, again, he was, as we saw Bernie, very agitated by the performance, almost felt like he was quitting on the job at one point, but he does seem to have settled down over these last few few weeks, seems more understanding that it's going to be a patient task ahead. Do you sense that from Conte that he is now starting to see more of a longer-term picture at Tottenham? 100%, Ricky. Um, I think the thing that we've got to digest with Antonio Conte is this. We've been Spurs fans all of our lives and we've shared that frustration and there's no one more passionate about Tottenham than us, than the Spurs fan. Antonio Conte has come into Tottenham as a manager and he's showing exactly that same passion. You can see he's driven, you can see he's determined, you can see he's regimented. So are you surprised at his frustration when watching Tottenham? Because uh, I'm not. So the the only thing I am really annoyed about is because he is a man that wears his heart on his sleeve and doesn't mind voicing his opinion due to his stature, he expresses his opinions. And when he expresses his opinions, there's 45 different views on how they're twisted and then portrayed to the media. 
And that's been one really frustrating thing about Antonio Conte. It, it's really simple. He said he's pissed off when he's pissed off. And then that's been twisted into he wants to leave. He's going to leave all this speculation on him going. No, he's pissed off. And so are we when we watch Tottenham because it's just not been right for, for so long. And that's what he wants to do. And I think another thing to consider is that looking at the squad on paper is it, it, it's, it's just spursy because every single manager has gone, oh, well, seriously, I can do something with those guys. And then when you get, you know, when you put them together, no matter how much they train, we do something that no other club does. We just, we just sometimes don't make it happen. And I think Antonio Conte had that shock factor uh, that, that, that you only get with Tottenham Hotspur. So he's had to implement his own strategy. Now, he's brought in Benton Kerr. He's brought in two players that he wanted to bring in. And everybody's frustrated through the window um, because of it. Let's not forget, it's a January transfer window. There's not much that could be done. And he picked players that he knows would fit our team. And what have they done? Um, they're absolutely incredible. They've transformed Tottenham. Benton, Kerr and Kulicheski have, have I'm happy that the conclusion of this conversation, without me ranting on, is I'm happy with Antonio Conte's decisions with, yeah. with, with, with Tottenham Hotspur. I want to see more of them. He's made two big ones. Um, and, you know, he's made a couple, dare I say, errors of somebody of that stature. But he probably, I think he has because he's had to. He's had to test out Stevie B, bringing him on, seeing what impact he can make. He's just like the rest of us. He's unsure about Mora and because and, and, Mora either absolutely smashes it or, or fades into the background. He's had to do, in a very short space of time, what we've been trying to work out for seasons. So... Um, I, I think he's, he, you know, I think he's absolutely on the money. The big thing for me is he, he's got to stay. Um, I was talking to, I took um, my little lad to, um, um, or Steph's, the, my partner's little boy, to guitar lessons. And I bumped into a Spurs fan, which is rare in the North <laughs> these days, Ricky, I must say. And he was saying to me, oh, I've seen you on the last word on Spurs. He listens to the show. And, um, and he said, this is the this is the this is the own this is the biggest time in I've been alive for Tottenham. This is the biggest time. Antonio Conte is the most important thing that's happened to Tottenham. What are your thoughts on that? And I said, I echo them. I feel as though yeah. when we lose yeah. him, it's downhill from here. I feel like Kane would go. Um, I just feel like it's all structured around him. He excites me. He ignites me. He's really got the players in a good place. I think he'll select the right players. Um, and he is the he's he's the best thing to happen to Tottenham in a long time. He is, and I think like I say, I mean, when we bring it back to the top four, you feel a lot of the the structure you say there, Sam, feels a lot of it is geared around Spurs. You know, being a club that's in the Champions League to keep Conte happy. And I think it's fair to say, James, coming around to you, that uh, we have still got a big battle on our hands to make that top four. I mean, again, we took a big stride to still stay in that race, of course, by beating West Ham at the weekend. But arguably, you'd say there, you know, that still West Ham are actually in the mix. But, you know, we've got obviously our dearest rivals in terms of Arsenal that are fighting alongside us. You've got United still in there. Um, before we actually dissect the fixtures, James, on paper, where the league is at the moment for Tottenham, how confident are you that with the run of games we've got to come now, nine left, Conte obviously started his Premier League reign, nine unbeaten at Tottenham. Do you feel we can finish in that top four, James? Is it achievable? It's a, oh yeah, for sure it's achievable. Um, but you know we've just won two games in a row for the first time in donkey's years. It seems like so. I, I wouldn't get 
too ahead of ourselves. I know we said that like we we're perfectly capable of winning these next these next four or five games. Um but you know, I think our like Arsenal playing really well. They've got it together. Fair play. Like, I live in North London and surrounded by them and they they are playing really well. Um and they're still the form team. Like we're playing, we we played well a couple of games. Actually, I didn't think we played massively well up against Brighton. Got the job done, uh, and then West Ham was was really good. But I still think that, um, yeah, the inter- the international break could be important. But I also think um, they're in the box seat. But we need to make sure that if there's any if there's any slip, that we're 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 getting three points every week because even draws at the moment they they could conceivably. They could conceivably win every game till the end of the season, and so could we. But I mean, yeah. Liverpool aside, I mean they've just played Liverpool, so yeah, I, it's really difficult. Um, I do, but I do think. I mean, we'll get onto the transfers, but I just wanted to like we've said that Conte takes credit. I don't think Conte takes credit. We have to give credit to Paratici for that because he's the one who's come in and brought those players in. I know Conte obviously wanted them, but they were really important, and he's. He's gone out um, and he's got he's got the players that that Conte wanted and he's pushed the boat out for Romero, which was amazing. And that has given us this chance to get this top four place. Um, that, but we like an injury and we're like we're really in a lot of trouble in certain positions. Obviously, yeah. Kane, but I do think yeah. we spoke about Lucas Moura being in and out. Um, I, I I don't I mean I have a problem with Lucas Moura's politics and that kind of thing, but I do have a big problem with the way he fits into these automations that, that mm. Conte does. It's very clear that every time they play out from the back, they play the ball into Kulisewski, who can hold the ball up. And they tried it with, with Mora, and it was bouncing off him all the time. Yeah. And then yeah. they couldn't get these automations, which meant that the defence was under pressure, the midfielders were under pressure. Hoiberg, as was mentioned on one of the comments, yeah, he's been freed up. But he's been freed up by these automations, and everyone knows what they're doing. And I think you get, like, when, when Benson Cole was out, we struggled again when Winks came in. Sessignon has gone out and Reggion has struggled a little bit when he's come in. If you have like one, like if, if one of these players, this, this team that he's starting gets injured, we could struggle, but you could, again, you could say the same with Arsenal. So it's, I think it, it will be nip and tuck. And I actually think it will probably be assuming we win the North London Derby. I think it will be one or two points on the last game of the season. Um, so it will go down to the last game, I reckon. Yeah, I got, I'm just trying to imagine our hearts trying to get that on a final day with Spurs in a battle for a for a top four. Where we heard that before all those years ago. I won't remind. And it's Norwich, right? So I can yeah, imagine Norwich. Timo Pukki knocking one in and us having sweating. <laughs> oh God, the only team the, that can't beat Norwich. To... James, Norwich will be relegated by then, so it'll be absolutely nothing to them. But it's yeah. uh, such is the nature of Spurs. But trying to think of, of the positives, I mean, Anna, coming around to you, like we've said, I mean, you look at the, the race now, I mean, Spurs, you'd arguably say West Ham are obviously probably now, it feels like it might be too much for them. Wolves, again, they've had obviously a horrendous run of form at the moment. Again, for Spurs, you've got United in there, you've got Arsenal fighting alongside us. I mean, we're going to go into the game with a bit more depth, but are you confident, Anna, that uh, Spurs can still achieve a top four finish based on those games they've got ahead of them? Yeah, as I said earlier, I still think it's all in our hands. I mean, Liverpool away, we can kind of write that off anyway. The Arsenal game will be massive and it's at home. So, you know, that's all on our side and that's a massive six-pointer in that way. Um, They have a lot of tough away games. They have to play against West Ham and they've got United and everything. Um, Those are our two hardest games. It's all in our hands. And 
people a lot of people are mentioning Skip and I couldn't agree more. I really, really like Skip and was really gutted when he got injured and he kept being out. I can't wait for him to be back in there because I think as good as Benta and uh, Hoybier are, they all need a rest. Everyone needs a rest. We've been playing the same team, which is good because you obviously don't want to change something that isn't um, broken, but you still need to alternate from time to time. And the other good thing is, is that apart from the Arsenal game that hasn't been rearranged, we have a whole week to prepare for every single game. As you mentioned at the beginning, we don't have European games anymore, so we don't have to worry about midweek games. West Ham do have that. They obviously beat Sevilla, and they're still in there. They have to focus on that as well. United don't have to focus on that. So, you know, it, I think it's in all of our, in our hands. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust anyone else more than Conte because he's a proven winner. As yep. amazing as everything under Poch was, he didn't have that. Um, and clearly, Conte's mentality is starting to rub off on the players. So we can do it, but it won't be easy. It's interesting. I mean, uh, Sammy Curran, you had to make that really great point with Conte that I think it's only the one defeat he's had when he's had almost like a full week to prepare. And of course, that was against Manchester United. But bar that, you know, we've seen with Spurs that um, when Conte's had those players for a full week on the training ground and had that preparation time to get them ready for a match, they tend to go on to win. How, you know, based on that alone, Sam, how, how confident are you that Spurs can almost now build up a run of momentum based on the previous weeks? And it's funny because everyone talks about Tottenham's form. It's obviously four wins in the last five. I think it's five wins in the last seven. It's actually not as negative as what it has looked in terms of that win-loss, win-loss cycle. Uh, no, c- correct. But and you're asking me about the confidence in it again, Ricky, and, and I'm... And I'm shaky with it. I do think it's Arsenal's to lose. I mean, I'm I'm devil on one shoulder, angel on the, the other at the moment because, um, yes, Conte's the right man. If you wanted to bullet point it, yes, Conte's the right man, but Arsenal have the upper hand. Um, the, I think the big factor to this is what James just touched on in terms of keeping players fit. Anna just touched on it in terms of playing the same squad. Um, it's all down to one thing, depth in the squad and, and he hasn't at all had any time to build that depth in a squad is probably the most integral part of a football team you should have 21st team players ready to go and I know that's rare but if you look at you know we've we've got six first team players so um and and I'm sorry you know to be blunt to players that are giving their all we always touch on it Hoiberg he, 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 he may have some good games can't see him lasting at Tottenham Ben Davis has had some incredible games Crikey, his rating for you, Ricky, must be an eight at least by now from a, from a six. I know he got a 6.5 at one point, which was astounding. But, I mean, seriously, he's given a lot. But they're not, they're not Tottenham players, mate. And, um, and, and they, they don't fit Champions League status, in my opinion. And as harsh as it may be, if you want to be in a winning cycle and you want to be up there, we, we, we've got some missing key pieces. Well, we have got is we've got the ace of spades and we've got Antonio Conte. So, you know, you can beat any hand. And I'm very, very confident that Tottenham can beat any team in the league on a good day. Uh, you know, I, I really am. Any team. Uh, I know we're the bogey team against Manchester City. Um, and, and I absolutely love that because the, the, the rest of my family are Manchester City fans. Uh, in fact, I know I've Unfortunately, I buried my father with a Manchester City shirt and he would love to have been seeing some of the things that they're doing these days. But uh, I was from my granddad's side um, from North London and uh, and I'm a Spurs fan. And I'm confident now that this uh, the Spurs team that we've got currently uh, on a good day will can beat anybody, even Liverpool, who are playing some of the best football in the world. Let's not take it away from them. Um, 
but it's about depth. Um, can't start pinning it on transfers. Um, and then you can't start pinning it on Conte. Conte is a builder that's trying to put a house together with minimal bricks. Remember that. Do you know what I mean? And he's not going to be able to construct it um, yep. fully, I think, into, w w without time. Um, back to your original question, confidence. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm iffy with it. I'm in hope and I'm, I'm massively positive. I mean, mm. you know, I approach every yeah. single game. I see Conte on the sidelines. And I share it, it just injects it into my veins. And you know, I know that's an expression that's used very regularly, but his passion is just everything you want to see. And I didn't think we'd get any more passionate than Pochettino. I mean, he took my emotions to a whole new limit, um, uh, did, did Mauricio Pochettino. But there's just something about Conte that it, it's almost like serious passion, isn't it? Not uh, not emotional passion. You can just Absolutely. see how... Yeah. how uh, emotionally committed he is to it all um and you can see that with what he's got out of the players christian romero as james said before <laughs> wow wow we um un unbelievable but what happens when he's injured um you know where's where where's where's reggie with his form sessignon you know i know we're going to touch on this but the, the 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 shaky players that have the odd good games and then when they go we're, we're, we're in a tricky spot. And, and I know nobody's got depth like Man, the depth in the squad like Man City and like mm. um, But even Arsenal have choices. Um, so and, and, uh, so in, in my opinion, um, they're playing the upper hand, but we've got the ace of spades. Yeah. Now, and I say it's interesting. I mean, you, you make some really valid points there, um, Sammy. And again, on the screen here, just from a, one of our own there in, in Crackers saying, that don't want Liverpool off. They'll go there with belief and we can get something. You know, it's interesting because Liverpool is yeah. going to be in immense pressure on City and Liverpool now to go and win every single game. And I just think due to the nature of the Premier League, to try and maintain that level across nine, ten games is so, so difficult and hard. And, you know, Spurs have shown this season already. They've taken points, of course, um, when you look at earlier in the campaign against Liverpool, when no one expected to do so, we did. And we were strong against Manchester United, be it for a few errors and Ronaldo being Ronaldo, you'd arguably say Spurs were really unlucky that day not to get a result. City, we've been there and won. You feel with Conte that in the big game, Spurs have got that chance because of the nature of Conte's level as a manager. Um, again, so many good points here. Steve Combo agrees with you on what you said there, Sammy, about the level of players, the likes of you know, Davis, for example, next season, are we going to be able to be at level and keep those players? Frankie Major, of course, on our own, says Frank says that West Ham and Chelsea being in Europe might help with Arsenal those fixtures. They've still got some very tough away games. You know, so many comments coming in here, guys. So thank you so much for Rick, getting involved. Ricky, Rick, mm. Ricky, can I just touch on what on one point there actually to to add to it is I feel though that yep. there's not we're in we've got a little bit of a unique position for Tottenham because normally all eyes are on Spurs and when all eyes are on Spurs bottles come out you know we, we, we let's be honest we're known as the bottlers and it, it's embarrassing it's, it hurts us but we do we, we we tend to do it and we've even started saying it ourselves i really feel as though it's a bit different this season and i feel as though the, the focus here <laughs> comes that meme james knows it adam knows it you can see this meme is coming to sammy now you'll never learn you will I, never I, learn I, I genuinely feel that all eyes are on how I'm, 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 I need to say this politely without swearing so much on, on the cast, but Man United have been, let's call it terrible to be polite, but they've, um, the eyes are on Manchester United. All eyes seem to be on those guys. It's all been on, oh, West Ham's having the best season of their life. It's all been on, oh, now Arsenal. And I feel like there isn't a lot of Tottenham talk. There is for us as the Tottenham fans, but the, my general feel is that yeah. we're just creeping 
in fifth. Mm. And it's never normally like that for us. It's never, it's always like Tottenham could do this, Tottenham could make something of this, and it never happens. So I generally feel we're just in this position consistently going on and winning these games, and we could come up with a big surprise. Um, and, you know, that's just the general feel I get from from, from the league. Um, they're just focusing so much on on other teams that are that, that are underperforming. City and City and Liverpool at the top of the league in this title race. And then they're just focusing on on, on the other teams. West Ham, Arsenal, Man United. I'm not hearing a lot of Tottenham talk. And do you know what? I like it. I think it definitely suits us. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to whether you want to be the hunters or the, or, you know, almost the hunted. So, I mean, listen, it, it definitely makes for an interesting discussion. But that's where we're going to go next. We are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners on audio. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development to. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Watching us on YouTube, there's nearly 400 plus of you watching us live on a non-game night. So uh, thank you so much for all of your support. This is what happens when Spurs... Like I say, don't have a game to review. There's no therapy. It's pure Spurs chat. As James reminded us, this is Spurs. Remember where you are at. So James, <laughs> I said it. I love that. I love that to Sammy. You'll never learn. We never learn, James. Let's let's come round to you to start the uh, top four analysis and debate. So um, next up for Tottenham, as we know for us, of course, is a trip to Newcastle. Well, I say a trip to Newcastle. Newcastle, you're not actually coming to Spurs, my head. Obviously, we've already been to Newcastle and won there earlier in the season. Um, Newcastle themselves coming off the back of back-to-back defeats. Again, we're not too sure where Spurs are going to stand. There might be the potential that Oliver Skip could maybe be back. You think based on the form of Hoybier and Benson Q, I think it's probably very unlikely that Skip will just walk back into that first team. Um, Cessna Young, we understand, probably will be out still for a period. Um that game coming up after the international break, James, for you, you know, no reason why we shouldn't look at it as a three points, all right? As long as we turn up and we're mentally ready, because um, Newcastle, to be fair, since Eddie Howe's come in, there's been a real resurgence there, hasn't there? Yeah, there, there has, but they're fundamentally not very good. I mean, but if, if again, like if you look at these games, um, as Sammy and Anna both said, you've got, if you that they're winnable games the next four, and if you if you're not winning those, then like. I mean, bless crackers. I love him, but that's nonsense. Like, like we've won two games in a row, and it's like, oh yeah, we can go, we can go and beat Liverpool. Passion. It's like they are like they're far better than we are, and I think that's fine. Um, we, we we've obviously got a chance of taking something there, but realistically, it's probably worth writing off, and anything you get, there's a bonus. But the like Newcastle, we we should be beating them. But you know, I was there when we. When we drew with West Brom, when we when we should have won the league, when Leicester yeah. won it, like but there's loads of games we should have won, yeah. and we haven't won. So, yeah, I mean they're a good side, they're well organised. Eddie Howe's done a good job, but essentially, yeah, I mean essentially we are a far better team than them. I don't know whether Callum Wilson's going to be back. I don't think he will. I think there's talk of him being back before the end of the season, but I very much doubt he'll be back soon. So, you know, they've got some good players, but I don't, I don't. There's no, there's no reason that we shouldn't. We shouldn't beat them. I, I mean, I am interested to see what happens. Well, Bentancur has got two really interesting and very important qualifying games yes. for Uruguay. We must add that. Europe. Yeah, good point. 
like they, they are like if they don't win, they need to win the first one, I think, to qualify, or yeah. obviously roll over to the second one, which I believe is Chile. They that could be really difficult. Christian Romero's traveling on the off chance that they get his ban, his two game ban overturned to one game yeah. ban, even though they've already qualified, which is ludicrous. Um, so like you, you need those guys to come back fit. I the noises coming out of Conte with Oliver Skip weren't good. He's like, I've no idea when he's going to be fit. He said, I hope he's fit afterwards, but that sounded more like him putting pressure on the medical staff than actually there's any chance of Oli being fit. So you could have a, cho- a choice between a 90% Oli Skip who hasn't played in, was it two months? Um, mate, uh, and then Ben Tancor, who's been, um, who's come off a flight from, from South America. So it's difficult. Um, but even even with that, like the the other, I guess the other issue is that if Romero doesn't play, Sanchez will come in and he's come off a similar trip. Then they're never going to play Joe Rode and Tanganga's out, so it's going to be one of those. So I'd imagine Romero. The other the other thing that we probably haven't mentioned is that uh, Romero's on eight yellow cards, and he's got three games to get through before that is wiped off. So we some like I can't imagine him going three games and not getting two yellow cards. So we need yeah, that's, uh, a that, point. that's a yeah. really, that's a really difficult situation. And maybe actually you do play Sanchez or you work up in these slightly easier games or you end up taking him off. So anyway, I think I think we should again we should beat Newcastle. And if we don't mm. at home as well, if we don't, then we've only got ourselves to blame. Yeah, very kindly. Lee McQueen, of course, on our own, has posted on here some of the key fixtures uh, that we should obviously bear in mind that United play Arsenal, Arsenal play Chelsea, West Ham play Arsenal, United play Liverpool, United play Chelsea, Arsenal play Palace, United play Palace, West Ham play Chelsea, West Ham play City. So, I mean, again, it's, uh, I mean, there's, there's tough games wherever you look at in the course of those nine respective games, 10 games left for all clubs. So, it does feel like, uh, James, you've said, and Anna and Sammy, that it will go to the wire. Um Anna, coming round to you, I mean, again, as we look at Newcastle as a club now, they've uh, obviously lost their final game before the break to a struggling Everton side. Um, but overall, they comfortably sit nine points outside that relegation zone. Um, there's still that feeling around Newcastle that they're not safe. So they will be coming to Spurs. I think the intention to still play and look to take the three points. I mean, how do you think that game will be for Tottenham? Because uh, I think it's fair to say that we haven't always found Newcastle the easiest opponent at home in the last four or five years, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like they, they will want to play for it. As you say, it's not always been the easiest game. It's been up and down, especially the away ones. Obviously, this is a home game, so it should be a little bit better. Um, I have a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth because of obviously the whole way they've bought all their players and bought everything um, with the money they have. But I wouldn't write them off. As you say, they are comfortably sitting outside of the relegation zone. There are definitely three teams worse off than them. I mean maybe even four with um, poor Everton, the way they're doing. I do feel sorry for them, but we're not talking about Everton. Um, yeah, I think to to follow on from James's point, those are really good points around the international break and, and how players will come back from them. I mean, Sonny's obviously been called up as well. And um, I love Sonny and he was fantastic against West Ham. But I think before that, he was a little bit off and on. And right now with the way our team is, and I don't want to focus too much on our opposition, I want to focus more on us, um, we can't afford to not be performing at 100%. And unfortunately, because we don't have the 22-man first team, we have an 11-man first team and we're playing all the time. If one of them's off, um, whoever that is, whether that's our midfield, our defence or one of our striking force, it will mean that 
we are carrying a big dead weight and I don't think we can afford that right now. So it'd be very interesting to see how they come back from these national breaks. Um, as I said that before, I really wish Skip is back just to give us the option. We talk about Sessegnon. I guess he's even more likely or less likely to be back. Um, so it will be very interesting to see. I still, I am still hopeful because it is a home game in the end of the day. Um, and, you know, 12th man makes a massive difference there. Um, yep. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, Frankie Major of our own there says about the Romero situation that it's madness. He shouldn't be at home with his feet up. I mean, it is, it's just crazy how Spurs have got themselves in that situation. I mean, under Fergie, you would, you would never have a player, you know, be able to go away on the international break like that and almost get away with it. Fergie would never allow that. But with Spurs, it does seem that we, uh, we seem to allow ourselves to be in a situation where the international, uh, those, those obviously countries seem to always have the upper hand in these uh, disputes with players. Sammy, coming around to you just quickly on Newcastle, just so uh, we get your thoughts on them. I, I just wonder, Sam, you know, they have got players that can definitely hurt us. You look at their squad. Um, Gomerish, I think, you know, goal we scored, exquisite back here, which again, you've got to look at and think, what a player he's been, you know, yeah, since he's coming, he's made good. a real difference. Um, listen, Trippi has done really well for them, although obviously I know he's been out injured, but they have got players that can hurt us. And I feel for Newcastle, um, Spurs are in that situation now where they have to go into every game and win it. I just wonder whether then for the opposition, they can almost, in a way, counter-attack us. I mean, how do you see... That no, game being no. set up for you, Sam? No, no, not a Newcastle. We're, we're going to spank Newcastle because um, a famous last words. We, we'll, we'll, we'll spank them. That's not a game I'm worried about in, in any way whatsoever. They play wide and they press very, very heavy. And when you get forward against Tottenham, the Conte ball is killing teams at the moment. And that's why I'm confident against teams like City and Liverpool as well. Because, uh, in fact, to be honest with you, Ricky, the, the big games, when you see games like, uh, Spurs versus Liverpool. I, I always back Tottenham, and uh, um, and just for the purposes of the of the podcast, if you're betting when the fun stops, stop. But um, but I always put a little tickle. I always put a tickle on Tottenham against the big teams. It's when we play Brentford, Wolves, Villa. They're the ones I go. Oh my God, they can nick this. Um, I, I, I worry about it uh, because they play cautiously and they try to catch us on the break. Um, but Newcastle, they're they're pressing very very heavily. I think we'll I think we'll we'll destroy them. To be honest, I think we'll absolutely ramp them. Um, uh, I, I I just seen a comment a comment there. Set pieces will be Newcastle's tactic. But if you watch, they play incredibly wide for the set piece. They leave themselves very very open. Um, they win a lot of free kicks. Uh, they try and win a lot of free kicks close to the box. Trippy is a culprit of that. I think Spurs taught it him. To be honest, but. Um, but yeah, I think I don't think we've got any issues with Newcastle, Ricky. I'm, I mean, if you were to, if I was to predict a score for it, which you normally do at the end, I'd say it'd be a comfortable three 0 win for Tottenham. Um, it's um, it's other games than that that I'm worried about. Definitely not the barcodes visiting our stadium and trying to take it away from us. I think we'll we'll own them there. <laughs> I, I can see the more confident Sammy's getting, the more James is getting really nervous about that fixture. Sorry, James, it's funny because. <laughs> I want to ask you, James, before we look ahead to Spurs' game after Newcastle, um, how concerning is that stat for you in terms of Spurs' conceding from set pieces? I think it's four out of the last nine now goals conceded for Spurs have been from set pieces. Is that a problem area, James, that you feel Spurs have to address if they've got any opportunity of getting in that top four? Uh, no, because I don't, I don't think that it's something you can address now. Like The, the way they mark, they have... They have um, two zonal markers and the rest are man markers. And, you know, I think that is that is the way that Conte does it. You know, I, I, 
we talk about Ben. There's a lot of comments about Ben Davis, which um, which I fundamentally disagree with. I think he's been excellent. And, you know, there's always one player, like he won the league with Ashley Young and Victor Moses. There's always these few players who, but there is an issue. Um, Romero isn't, for all his the things that he's good at, he's not amazing in the air. Eric Dyer's fine. Davis isn't good in the air. And we've just got a, a team that isn't very good in the air. And that is, I mean, like if you have, if you had, if the left-sided centre-half was Jan Vertonghen instead of Ben Davis, you'd progress the ball as well and you'd be better in the air. I think it's just a, it's just the way the team has been built. Like at, at Inter, he had Ivan Perisic as a left wing-back who's amazing in the air. Like he's got these big physical players. Even the, obviously he had Lukaku there who's great in the air. Kane does a good job of that, so that's kind of okay. But, I don't think it can be fixed, but I also don't think, I don't think particularly that it, it will matter that much. Um, I, I think that, I mean, Newcastle will be a test because they've got a load of big centre-halves and I know Trippier's not playing probably, but Shelby delivers a, a, a good set piece. But outside of that, I think I think it's more in our heads than it is with the players. Like well, I, We kept giving away those corners against West Ham and the whole ground was, you could feel the trepidation. Well, it was two one, and we gave away an unnecessary corner. And but I, th- I think it'll be. I don't think. I don't think that that set those set pieces will be um, will be the make or break. But like any team, any team I've played on or team, kid, like I've managed kids teams, just don't give away free kicks around yeah. the box and don't give away corners. It's quite simple. Like that's the bit. I think that's the easiest way to fix it is to yeah. tell them don't dive into tackles. Just, Shepherd people out, show them away from goal, and press them. Make them make them make mistakes. Don't give away free kicks because that's what's killing us. It's not. It's I don't. There's no way that they can fix that now. Unfortunately, that will take the summer. And actually, there's a lot of things that will be fixed in the summer when when Conte will have that time. Well, Benton Kerr's changed that. Sorry to interrupt. Well, Benton Kerr's changed that a lot, James. I, I, in my opinion, how he gets back and how he helps out at the back. He's really, really helped get the ball back and play it out from the back. Whereas usually it's been clear it, clear it off for a throw and clear it off for a corner. I really think he's made a difference, Benton Kerr, in in in, in coming back and, and and defending as well. Unfortunately, he can't meet Mark from uh, from dead balls either. He was one who uh, lost it, I think, in the United game. So yeah, I mean, no, no, he, you know, he, yeah, I mean, the more we keep the ball, right? It's, it's yeah. easy, of course, um, yeah. But we'll have to we'll have to see how that goes. No, I don't think I don't think the dead balls will be. Um, the defining factor. I think I, I do think we'll beat Newcastle, um, yeah. but I, I don't think I don't think we're gonna I don't think we're gonna hammer them. But I think they they've got a lot of motivation because if they don't play well to the end of the season, they could get rid of six, seven, eight, nine players and bring some more well, in. So yeah, yeah. See. Although, although we have allegedly seen reports that Newcastle's budget for next season is approximately only ninety million. I must say only ninety million. Hypothetically, in football terms, it doesn't sound like a huge amount. But then again, with their investment, they probably would have wanted more. And it's come round to you, um, Frankie Major, one of our own on the screen, says they're next for Spurs after Newcastle. It is Villa, and Frankie says Villa away on paper looks tough for us, but they were so poor against Arsenal. And it's funny because since Gerrard's mm-hmm. got in there, it's fair to say there's been a real mixture of results for Villa. They went on a run, then coincidentally went on a poor run. Uh, Villa at the moment for Spurs, of course, um, they managed just one shot on target against Arsenal. Um, and when you look at Villa, you know, they're managed by obviously Dean Smith and Spurs actually got a result against Villa earlier in the season under Nuno. Um, Villa away... Stephen Gerrard, top- by the way. Sorry, not Dean, Dean, Dean I got a bit confused there. Forgive me, Dean Smith, bless him, obviously at obviously Norwich now. But it, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is Dean Smith was there when obviously we beat them under Nuno, of course. Um, Anna, for you, uh, Villa away, is that a game you would expect to get three points? By the way, Arsenal obviously have gone there and won recently. 
Well, I think that Arsenal loss was just really surprising. I think we obviously all hoped that they would have done the job, but I think we were all surprised that they didn't. Um, but they were poor. They were really poor. And unless they turn it around drastically, which we really hope they won't, and the international break won't necessarily help with that because um, it's a break nonetheless. So, yeah, if they can win there, or then Arsenal, then I really don't see a reason why we can't win there, um, especially with the way we're playing right now. So, um, obviously, it'll be interesting to see after Newcastle, but I think I think we can win there. It's interesting, Sam, because obviously a lot of the comments coming through is the fact that Coutinho, you know, we've got to try and contain him. And it's funny because I think Arsenal did that to some degree against Villa. Um, I know, I mean, I just felt watching that game, I, I honestly felt with, with Villa, they, they just wasn't very passive in the way they played. I mean, Sam, Villa away be a game you'd expect in Spurs to go there and take all three points if they're genuinely going to be in consideration for a top four finish. Yeah, I mean, you expect um, Tottenham to win it, but as I said before, they're the games that make me shaky. Um, and I know you probably think that my, <laughs> my all my reactions are, are relatively bipolar about whether we think I think we're going to win or lose, but that's what Spurs have been in the past, completely bipolar. They're either there or they're not. We don't get, we we just don't get a run of consistency. Um, a Villa's a, a Villa's a tough game. What you've got, you, we we should beat them. Uh, what I will say in to, to Frankie's comment, I have Frankie, uh, pal, hope you're well. Um, but I think that I don't think Villa were that poor. I think Arsenal were actually that good at containing them. And um, the, the Arsenal have been playing that type of game where they are in full control. Um, it does pain me to say it, but that they have been, they've been playing some really good football. Um, Villa's not a given for me, but you'd have to go there and expect three points. Um, definitely one of the games you'd be expecting to win, Ricky. James, for you, I know you don't always like putting uh, predictions out there in terms of uh, what Spurs can possibly go and achieve, but Villa, um, Ramsey obviously been a good player for them this season, was really poor against Arsenal, uh, as Jimmy Yappi says there in the comments. What do you think um, for Villa for us? It's a game that you think if Spurs have got aspirations of finishing that top four, going to have to look to win there, the same as Arsenal have gone there and won recently. Yeah, I actually think that this is much, much more winnable than Newcastle. I think Newcastle can hurt us much more than uh, he doesn't agree. Clearly, he's gone. Um, <laughs> That's one way to make spent, it clear. I spent half this podcast listening to him and now he's gone. Unbelievable. Here he is. <laughs> it was me dog. It was my dog. It was me dog scratching at the door and she'd have probably come sniffing there. Uh, Sniffing the camera. Sorry, James. I apologize. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, no, no. I, I, I think they're. I think it's more winnable, to be honest. Um, I think they are so reliant on Coutinho, and he's up and down um, because he hasn't played really for so long. So, yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're, they've got Watkins and Ings are up front. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, uh, they're dangerous, but I don't. I, I think. Ramsey's decent. They've got McGinn's. They're all quite good, but I think I think it's much more. I think they want to pass through. They want to play the ball through. They, I don't think they'll want to chuck the ball in the box. They've got Luca Dean who delivers a good set piece, but I'm, I'm I'd be less less concerned about them to be honest than I would be about Newcastle. Famous last words. It's funny, isn't it? Because uh, how quick Brighton comes back around for Spurs on the 16th of April. That's just a month after, obviously, we rescheduled um, our fixture originally against Grand Potter's side. You know, Brighton, again, very funny side. They started the season off so, so well, and they're coming around to you. 
And it just all seems to have, over the course of the last six, seven weeks, just, I don't know, fallen apart at Brighton and the Grand mm. Potter. They don't seem to have a, yeah, a rhythm there. They seem to have lost a part of their mm. identity, I would say, as a team. You know, they're struggling to mm. score goals. I mean... Again, you, it's when you look at and you reel these fixtures off, you know, there's a real opportunity now for Spurs to go on, uh, dare I say it, famous last words now, a winning run, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I keep saying that. Um, I know the others are saying that it's more Arsenal's to lose, which, to be fair, is true to some extent. But I think we do have that game against them. But going back to the non-Arsenal and non-Liverpool fixtures, I think if we want to achieve anything uh, at Spurs, whether that's right now under Antonio Conte, after the summer or anything, we can't be looking at these fixtures and be like, ooh, we might lose or ooh, they're going to beat us. Like We have to go in there confidently being like, we're winning this team. And and we haven't done that necessarily this season either. Um, we have lost to like your Wolves and your Saints and the thing, and then you have the rearranged fixtures and we're just like, oh. But then, and then, you know, we didn't get the points we necessarily wanted against United. Um, but now's the time to turn it around. Now's the time after that that double head-to-head wins, and finally when things are cementing themselves in. I mean, Conte's not been with us for that long. It will, you know, he can't work miracles overnight, but he is doing his job. So we have to start going to these games, and if it is winnable, then we need to start winning it. And Brighton is definitely winnable. You know, Newcastle's at home. We should be winning our home games. There should be no doubt about that. We can't. We have to start making our home games a fortress and our away record hasn't been bad at all. So we need to keep building on that. So, no, I think, you know, Villa away, done. And then Brighton at home. Like, if we can't win home games, then what are we even trying to achieve? It's interesting, Sam, can I answer you? Because, uh, I mean, the Brighton away performance, Spurs really dominated Brighton for most or majority of that game. Uh, Again, you know, Spurs, of course, obviously beating them as well in the FA Cup. Obviously, the uh, subsequent results in the FA Cup we won't go into. But, um. You know, Brighton, again, you look at what's on paper here, another good opportunity with that game there to hopefully put three points on the board, a game you would expect Spurs to win. 100%. Um, they've been pony in the final third, haven't they, Brighton? They seem to really have lost the way. And um, it's such a shame, really, to see, because they were always quite a fighting team. Mm. And, you know, as a fan of football, regardless of who you support, it's, it's good to watch the game. And Bright, Brighton aren't really that good to watch at the moment. Um, they're not playing good football. It should be an easy take for Tottenham. Um, and I just said, I think all home games, um, that was a great statement that all home games should be won. 100% that is a massive, accurate statement. We should be winning every single game at that stadium with that atmosphere, with our manager. We should be winning every single one of those home games. James, going over to you very quickly, just on, on Brighton as well. I mean, yeah, as the guys have said there, you know, home games are going to be, listen, they, they should be the bread and butter for us. That If Spurs are going to have any opportunity of a top four finish, you know, we, we can't really afford to drop any points at home, James, can we? You look at what's to come now. I mean, can Spurs afford to drop any points apart, maybe bar from Liverpool, because you feel the rest of the teams around us, Arsenal and United, that under that pressure like us to keep on winning. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I agree with what Anna and Sammy said. Like, we we need to win all our home games. Um, and, and there's no reason why we shouldn't. Um, uh, Bright, I, I mean, Bright, I think I think the problem with Brighton is that Graham Potter's trying to, I think he's overthinking it. Like, he dropped Tarek Lamptey in the game against us, which is, like, he's, he's crazy because he's a fantastic player. And he was just trying to, I think, trying to win with, with tactics. I, I mean, they have, outside of Lamptey and... Bissouma and and maybe a couple of centre halves. They've got really a championship team 
and he's done an amazing job keeping them up there as far as he as long as he has. But I do think that he's I actually think he's probably run that 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 relationship has run its course, and he probably needs to look at look at his his next move because I think he then I think the mon- the, the the kind of money ball system that they run there by using data to find players is is good, but they're I feel like potentially Brentford are doing the same thing, but they're they're being more proactive in the transfer market. They've got the likes of even Tony, whereas Brighton seem to have not filled they've not filled that striking gap at all. Um, they had they've had plenty of opportunities to to look at players who could do that. They only need someone who could score fifteen goals. It's hard, but it's not. They should be able to find someone to do that, and they don't. And uh, yeah, I mean. That is a game that I feel like if we get an early goal, we could we could seriously turn them over because they're um yeah, yeah. I mean they're good at set pieces as 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 yeah, Kukurea's great, but is he really I mean he's probably Premier League lower half left back, but I don't they sold um Dan Byrne to Newcastle, who was yeah. a solid kind of left footed centre half. Obviously he's from he's from from the northeast, so he wanted to go and play um at home. But yeah, I mean it should it should be a it should be a fairly routine game. Yeah. Anna, come around to you. Um, well, James said there's kind of a perfect segue into our next fixture after that, which is Brentford away, which of course will be a, a special game um, because it will see the return of, of Christian Eriksen playing against his former club. I'm sure he'll get a wonderful reception from the Spurs fans. And probably that's all he'll get because of the nature of the player he is and the danger he may possibly cause. I mean, we've already seen Eriksen's ability, you know, all, you know, very quickly in a, in a Brentford shirt, he's been um, instrumental for already a couple of assists. Um, and again, you feel that he will be wanting to remind Spurs of his quality. Although, again, he, he might be a player Spurs might be looking at in the summer, depending obviously on his situation. Of course, he signed a short-term deal with Brentford. You know, these games like the Brentfords, these are going to be the games where we've got to be very careful that we don't slip up because these are as we expect Spurs to go and win. But players like Ericsson will be trying to make a point there to prove a point that, you know, Spurs, he's going to want to, you know, have an, have an impact and have his sound that game, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the Brentford game away will be, I don't want to say goal first, but there will, it will be an open game. Um, obviously, London Derby to some extent. And as you said, Ericsson has a point to prove. I mean, it's fantastic that he's back playing. I think it's fantastic that he's back in the Premier League and I wish him all the health and, and wealth that comes with that. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just not convinced because the, the Ericsson we saw and then the Ericsson who went to Italy wasn't that convincing. Maybe now he's come back, it's good. And maybe he'll have a point to prove. But I don't know. Um, yes, he'll probably get a good reception from our away fans, but um, it won't be quite when when he comes to the home stadium. But, you know, Brentford are just trying to stay up in, in the top flight. You know, yeah. it's their first time back in God knows how long. So they're not going to go crazy. Um, and yes, he has been instrumental with assists and stuff. But I think, not to to say that he's found his level and Brentford are just Brentford, but it's not like he went inside for Liverpool after playing for Tottenham and Inter. He went to side for Brentford. Um, it's like Palace or something. Like, I think it's great, but I don't know if he, he would have that class to come back to us. Uh, I thought he was great when he was with us, but I just, I don't know. I I would love to be proven wrong, not in the game against us. Um, yeah. And if he is that good, then he could come back to us. Great. I just don't think he's there. And after having such an injury, um, I don't know if that would be a risk willing to take. 
Mm. Now, that's, that's a fair point. I mean, uh, David Covina asks on the screen, uh, when is the Arsenal game? I've still got a ticket for that. The longer that gets delayed, the better it is for Gillespie Road. Um, David, to answer your question, I think, again, we're all still very much in the dark. You know, there's been, I know there's been murmurings of a potential date between May the 7th of that week. Again, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, lots of speculation, but you do feel the reserve in that game probably towards the very end where uh, Sky are going to hope that both teams are still fully in contention for that top four. Um, and based on both teams running as we're going through here, you do feel it could go right down to the wire. Sam, for that game, Brentford away, um, as I've said, you know, Ericsson, a player of his nature, is going to want to have a definitive um, say in that game. Any concerns about Ericsson's return and how that might, I don't know, affect the proceedings of that game? No, I've, I've not got any concerns. Uh, I've got, I'll have a big smile on my face. And, and Christian Eriksen, you'll know from, from having me on the show, Ricky. I mean, he was one, one of my favourite players, to be honest, at one point. Uh, he, was, he was the heartbeat of the squad for Tottenham. He was pulling, he was the glue for Tottenham at one point, pulling the team together, orchestrating everything. He's brought tears to my eyes at some point. Love him. Um, I have to agree with Anna in not just... You know, he hasn't come back the same player. I don't even think he went to Italy the same player. Um, he, he was in his prime at Tottenham, mate. He was in his prime. I was gutted to see him leave, to be honest. I uh, really was. But um, uh, Brentford are a good club. I, I worked with Brentford Football Club for about uh, six months before working in the Premier League when I was um, a marketing agent. And um, the, uh, they're a very, very driven club, Brentford. There's just something about them. And and it, and again, I mentioned it before. One of the fixtures um, that worry me is Brentford. Um, they just seem to turn up against Tottenham, um, like Wolves do, uh, and the likes of. But uh, so it's a concerning game. But it should be a guaranteed three points for us. The one thing I will say, if there isn't a travelling away fan there that is uh, applauding Christian Eriksen with a smile on their face, then don't go to the game because that man deserves your hands putting together for him. He's an absolute legend um, and holds a special place in my heart, certainly. What's interesting, James, going over to you, is that, I mean, Brentford are still fighting for their lives, so it'll be interesting to see what position they're in going into this game. Because, um, I mean, listen, I know they've really entertained a lot of people this season by, you know, playing a more open, expansive game. How do you see that one playing out, James? And also your thoughts on a, a potential Ericsson reunion with Spurs on that game? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're a really good side. They play nice football. They've bought really well. Um, they do. The majority of their players are still kind of really championship level, um, but I think they've they've recruited really intelligently. Um, I, I mean, it's a, obviously it's a game. It's a game that we should be winning. Um, but I do think that I I actually disagree with. With Anna and Sammy, I think that Ericsson, when he let, like Ericsson needed to leave Spurs, he'd been there too long and he was stale. I, I, I wanted Ericsson to stay because I wanted the Ericsson who was, it's you know, it's like a marriage that's run its course. You know, you want the person who you first met, and it sometimes it's just not there. Um, and it, I think he did, and he he left and he went to Inter and he started really slowly. Um, but actually, uh, Conte brought into him into the team for the last. 12 15 games of the season and he won the league playing like he was outstanding so i don't agree that he's his level dropped at all he won them the league he was brilliant and then obviously he's had this issue and he's taken a while to come back and i think he's he he chose 
Thomas Frank because he was his manager in the uh, age groups in uh, in Denmark. So he knew him. He trusted him. He's had the uh, obviously the, the the implants to regulate uh, his heartbeat. So I and you know daily uh, yeah daily blind has been playing with one for several years. So I think he's absolutely fine. Um, and actually, I've been really impressed. Obviously, he's been off for the last couple of weeks with COVID, which is uh, which is obviously really unfortunate, especially with with heart problems it can affect. But I I I think he's the only chance they've got of winning against us. And I'd I'd actually be ecstatic to take him back next season as a as a squad player. We spoke about the weakness of the squad having yeah. him as a as a bloke to play twenty five games a season in the hopefully the Champions League, but maybe the Europa League and the rotation player to control the game, I think he'd be perfect. Um, so, yeah, I think he's he's still... He's, he's, he's clearly not the player when when we when we change to the title, but he's still... I think he's still a fantastic player and he can still make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, uh, just to touch on that, I'm just yeah. thinking like Bale and players who return, I don't know if that always plays out so well. Um, and I, I agree. I think if we got the Ericsson back, if we could bank on it being the Ericsson we used to have, then that'd be great. I just don't know if, if players returning would ever really be the way we wanted it to be. Um, Bale was think... a great return, though, wasn't it? I uh, love Bale, yeah. but like we he didn't get in... to see him. He scored, <laughs> well, 11, he... he scored 11 goals. 11 yeah. goals in that. Yeah. 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 He was really good. He was but yeah, much better yeah, than I think he was perceived. Yeah. I think the only thing with Ericsson is what, from what we understand, is that obviously. Um, I think he did have a big fall out with Daniel Levy again in terms of you know a contract renewal. So it's whether how, how that relationship does look now in comparison to where obviously where it was at the time. I mean, and Lee McQueen, obviously one of our own, that makes a point about it's uh, yeah sixteen goals in total from Gareth Bale, eleven goals in the Premier League. So I mean, yeah, again, Bale from what we understand his future is back up for debate. Um, don't worry, we're not going to do you a, a Bale return just yet. <laughs> We've already been there twice, so we won't put you for it for the first time at the moment. But um, you know, after Brentford for Spurs is Leicester at home under Brendan Rodgers. And Leicester, to be fair, I mean, they've had a very up and down season, to be fair. You know, some would say it's been massively affected by um, them playing in Europe. At the moment, Leicester currently sitting 10th in the Premier League at 10 points off eight place Wolves. And that's really unlike Leicester. They're a team that in the last three to four seasons have always been up there. Uh, contesting for Europa League, contesting for Champions League, just hasn't been the same. They've lost 11 of their last 29 fixtures, um, which is really unlike Leicester. I mean, Anna, for you, what have you made of Leicester's season? Is that a game where, again, you expect it's supposed to go in there, take three points, bearing in mind the way Leicester have been this season? I'll just go back to the fact that it's a home game. Um, yes, I think we should take three points. They are comfortably mid-table. They are still in Europe. You know, if we're doing the Sami-style bullet points, then... I think, you know, there are more ticks in our favour than there should be in theirs. Uh, that being said, you know, Leicester's not always our favourite team to play against. And um, it is weird for them in some ways. But, you know, going back to that, you know, Vardy's injured, so that's good. He loves scoring against us, so thank goodness for that. Um, not that I want wish ill on anyone too much. Um, so, yeah, I think we should win it. Simple as. Sammy, come around to you. Is it surprised you, Sam, Leicester this season, the, the way they just seem to have... I mean, I take the word declined under Brendan. You know, it, it was funny because it was earlier in the season I saw Brendan even being linked with potentially leaving the club. They were in that much of a disarray, but they seem in the last few weeks to have, you know, got themselves a couple of wins, although arguably against maybe, you'd say, inferior opposition. Um, surprised by the way they've played this season, Sam? 
Yeah, really surprised, uh, Rick. The I mean, Brighton have been shocking, but to 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 see how Everton and 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 Leicester have been, I've been completely shocked. Um, really, not been expecting some of those losses, and um, they've just not not been able to close the deal, have they? Um, James Madison, well, playing his heart out. I mean, how he has more to give each game, I, I don't know because at the end of every game, he's given one hundred and ten percent. That kid. Um, I, I would. I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'd have him at Tottenham, um, and he's he's a massive playmaker. The squad just can't seem to get the results uh, at Leicester. Uh, they're there for the taking. Harry Kane loves to score against them, um, which is one of my favourite things anyway. Because I just want Kane's goal tally to just keep racking up and racking up because we all want to see him breaking records because he's the best, and that's what we want. Um, so I just think I, I, I think we'll do them. I think Kane will score against them. Um, um, but yeah, I've been surprised at Leicester City. Um, not just not the team they're meant to be. And it's funny, Rick, because when at the start of every season, well, the last few seasons at least, you, you sort of count Leicester in it, don't you? In the in yeah, the, not, well, it's not in the, the top four, but to do something. But be around Europe to, or the FA Cups, we've seen just, they've won the FA just, Cup. Yeah, yeah, they're just one of those teams. You think they're big, aren't they? I mean, they are since they won the league. They're they're a big club, um, and yeah, they've, 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 there's been a little, little bit of a demise there. They are disjointed. Um, they are out of form. Um, they are missing the key player. Bullet points there for you, Anna, uh, and. Um, and and we should definitely take it, uh, uh, definitely. You know what's funny, James? Coming over to you. I mean, Leicester. I mean, as as a club, they've been so up and down this season, almost like Spurs' form um, at some points. But I mean, has it surprised you, James, the way Leicester have just failed to really get going this season? And you look at the some of the players they've got there, the likes of Vardy, the likes of Madison, and for Farner, who's obviously quite a good defender. I was really actually surprised to see him commit his future to Leicester. Obviously, Ricardo Pereira, you know, Schmeichel in goal. Why do you think it doesn't work out from this season, James? Yeah, it's, it's just really interesting. I think, firstly, on, on Anna's point, um, if you're going to wish ill on anyone, Jamie Vardy seems to be a good person for me to start with, to be honest. Um, but we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, that, yeah, I mean, so I think, firstly, Fafana's been out for the season. So that's that's probably what A, why he's committed. But B, yeah, Johnny Evans and Fafana are the best two defenders. That's why they're basically been falling apart. Soyuncu was out for ages and then kept falling over his own feet. Doesn't help. Obviously losing Chilwell and they, they, they've kind of been rotating it at left back. Yeah, Ricardo Pereira is good and, you know, I think they've got some great players. Tielemans is good. Um, Dewsbury Hall, which sounds like a nat- National Trust site, he looks good. Um, and then, yeah, and then they've got like... Hart- I might go there. Sounds all right, doesn't it? I'm going to go to Dewsbury Hall and have a look around <laughs> while I'm at, while we're playing Leicester. Yeah, it does. But, uh, it does. Yeah, Harvey Barnes is great, and you know I don't know what's happened to Iosi Perez. He was around and about there. They've got Adamola Lookman, Madison, Paston Dacker's a great player, Kalechi Iheanacho. So you, but they're just not playing for whatever reason. And you do feel. I mean, this is definitely a Spurs fan thing. I feel like they are probably to come and turn it on against us, particularly after the Stephen Bergwijn two goals in the 95th and 97th minutes. They've got, they've obviously, they love, obviously have something to, um, to prove against us, which I could imagine might come back to bite us on the bum, but we'll see. And to conclude guys, I mean, for us, um, well, in terms of, listen, Liverpool away, 
in, I was looking at in terms of the games we've got left in the next, well, five to six to come. Um, I won't go through the whole season, but these next six or seven do feel really crucial. Liverpool away, May the 7th at the moment, as things stand, that's in there. It could obviously change in terms of date. Um, Anna, you've been so far saying consistently that if Spurs win their home games, that's a minimum you expect. Liverpool away, I know everybody now in the conference is absolutely no chance. Do you give us any hope at Liverpool away of getting a result? Look, are you even a Spurs fan if you don't have a little bit of hope? Um, I think to, to the point earlier, we do seem to turn up for the big games. I mean, we played well against United. Ronaldo just stole the show. Um, we did well earlier in the season uh, against Liverpool, but it just didn't work out. City, we did the double. So it is doable if we really put our heart into it. But my head's saying it's not doable. So, you know, they have Champions League still up up for there for them. Um, so maybe, you know, if they're not fully focused on the game, but I really wouldn't write it off. So, you know, my head's going in there with a loss. My heart's going in there. We can nick a point. And that's roughly where I'm at. Sammy? Where are you? Where are you in Liverpool? I mean, listen, they're a formidable side. Again, they've really clawed themselves back in now to this race for the title, which I know for the uh, neutral is really, really exciting. I mean, the forward line is incredible. And added to that, of course, with uh, Luis Diaz in January, a player that obviously we really did like. What, what do you think, Sam? Do you give us any opportunity going into that game? Do we always have a glimmer of hope? I, I like Diaz, but I'd rather have uh, a ginger from Sweden. Um, but uh, the bottom line is. Um, they're, they're playing the best football in the some of the best football in the world. Oh, man. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, we know that. But I hate them, <laughs> and so I, you know, I, I really don't like Liverpool. Um, you know, I'm, I've come from London and grown up in in the north. And um, when I was at school, being a Tottenham fan as a young boy, it was um, born into it. It was almost um, like being bullied. Uh, Man United uh, with the gigs in Canton area and, and Liverpool were winning everything. Um, uh, so I, my dislike for them is high. Um, I, I always want them to lose. Um, looking at it statistically, we can't beat them. Uh, look at it. Um, the form that we're on, we get a good run in these games. Um, I said it before, Rick, didn't I? We, we can beat anybody on a good day. Uh, you can't say that about many teams. Tottenham Hotspur can be any team in the world on a good day, um, especially with Antonio Conte behind us. Um, and I like to back against... Uh, when, when we're in the big games, I fancy us. It's when we're in the small ones where we're taking it for granted. A little bit of flaky passing back, not pressing hard enough because we think we're taking the game for granted um, is when we're in trouble. If we go hell for leather at Liverpool, we can beat them. Um, do I think we will? <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know. I'm like Anna. I'm like, can we nick the point? Um, yeah. I'd love to. Uh, you know, I always remember um, when um, we scored that. I think at the time it was a record goal against Manchester United. Um, was it Ericsson who scored it as well? Um, I'm not too sure. It was incredibly fast and we got the goal against Man United incredibly quickly. Uh, After a minute, yeah, it was Ericsson. It was Ericsson, Ericsson that first yeah, minute at of, Wembley. Yeah, talk of the man with a big heart. The um, uh, he uh, yeah he scored the fastest goal we'd ever had in history, um, and and I, th I think it was at Old Trafford, um, and really upset them. Um, when we come out the the, the 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 blocks and we come out quickly, that's what I like to see from Tottenham. That's what I think we need to do against Liverpool. That I think we need to go and just shake them up. Um, you know, and make sure that the one thing I will say about Liverpool, Ray, is that 
some teams have good 20 minutes in the game. Some teams have a good half in the game. Some teams have a good second half or a good first half. Um, Liverpool seem to be pretty consistent with their form. They have a good game for 90 minutes. And it worries me the way that they're playing football. It's very, very, very good. Um, so it'll be tough, um, but we can beat them. It's, it's funny, you know, you make some great points there, Sam. Uh, come over to you, James, just in terms of Liverpool, because he's right, Liverpool do dominate games and they just seem to suck the life out of teams. But, you know, it's funny that with Spurs, whenever we've come up against Liverpool away, we've always had big opportunities, sliding doors moments to either go ahead or get back in the game. And those chances always come back to haunt us. What comes to mind, obviously, is Bergvine, that sliding doors moment up at Anfield. Um, I can think of, again, I'm going really far back here. Um, you know, the likes of, again, we've, we've had oh, Keane, Defoe, massive chances at Anfield. If I go back years before that, you know, we've had opportunities to go to Liverpool and win. And subsequently, then we end up getting either beat or we end up conceding in the last minute. Is this a case where, you know, James, we have to take our chances and be clinical if we stand any chance of getting anything at Anfield, as I hear that laughter track in the background of me saying this to you. Yeah, I mean, so if you're talking about going far back, Ricky, that's not far back. So I spent... I was I think being kind. I, I didn't want to kill everyone off. No, no. <laughs> Here we go. So, no, no, I spent, like, I think... I, I, love going to, yeah, I love going to Liverpool away. It, the people are amazing. It's a great night out. So between about 17 and 27, I went to every Liverpool away game. It was amazing. We won one game. I think we, we didn't really play that well. One game that was a cup game in midweek. Teddy Sheringham scored from, uh, I think, Klinsman passed it to him. And then we got a draw, two-all draw with Eric Edmund, put it in the top corner. Outside of that, the car yeah. broke down on the M6. Nightmare. The whole thing's a nightmare. I just I just have, like, almost PTSD from playing Liverpool away. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I... I <sighs> Can we we can beat them? But there's people on people sit here saying we they play a high line. Yeah, they play a high line because they've got two extremely quick defenders that they can afford to play. This isn't like other teams playing a high line like Man United and we can just run through them. You know, Van Dyke and Canate or Matip or whoever plays are super fast. They've got these great fullbacks, and I've I've had nightmares about Mane running at Ben Davis. Like that that's happened loads of times, and it's really difficult. So, you know, I think. Yeah, again, it, I think it comes back to what we discussed really earlier. I think if we go, if we have a full strength team, and as someone rightly pointed out, they're coming off the Champions League semi final, and whether they've actually won or lost, they'll be knackered either way. You know, I do, I do think there's a chance. There's, you know, it's a football match, right? There's always a chance, and we've got the best striker in the world, arguably. So there's always a chance of nicking a goal, but it's going to be difficult. They've got, they've got the, you know, the Firmino, Salah, Mane, but then they've got. Um, they've got Jota and and Diaz and that, yep. they've got so many. Got there's so many goals in that team. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be really difficult. But actually, I don't think it matters fundamentally. I think anything mm. we take from there is a bonus. And as long as we win the rest of them, tough. But actually, we could probably w maybe win seven of nine. It's fine. I think. I think we can. I think we can. I think it, it doesn't matter fundamentally. Yeah, we're going to come to Paddy's question on the screen in just a second. But before we do, just to kind of rattle off um, some of the other teams in terms of who they've got. You know, Arsenal's next six now. They've got Palace away, Brighton at home, Southampton away, Chelsea away, Man United at home, West Ham away. 
United, they've got Leicester at home, Everton away, Norwich at home, Liverpool away, Arsenal away, West Ham subsequently, they've got Everton at home, Brentford away, Burnley at home, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home, Norwich away. And if we're going as far as Wolves, which I know many feel they're out of it now, Wolves have got Villa at home, Brighton at home, Chelsea away, Norwich at home. So that's a... um, that's a flavour, obviously, what's to come over the course of the next six fixtures for those respective teams. Um, on the screen there, guys, Paddy's asked the question, how many points do you think we'll end up with and what position in the league will we finish? I think it's only right because we have kind of looked ahead um, in terms of the fixtures to kind of put our neck out there and actually now say um, roughly what points we, we do think we'll get. You know, 72 normally is the... Normally, 72 points in and around that figure is what you think would get Champions League, secure Champions League. Anna, sticking your neck out. If you don't maybe want to give a points total, do you think Spurs, well, will they get the top four in your opinion? I think 70, 72 is doable. Um, we were talking a lot about it. I mean, Lee made that point that, yep. you know, to get that point, we need to win seven out of nine. Um, if we do write off the Liverpool game, to be sensible um whether we get something it's a bonus you know but if we do write it off that's one of the ones we can afford to lose um you know i i wrote a po- little piece for the bbc where i said 70 points and i'd love to say fourth but maybe fifth but ba- but based on tonight i'm a little bit more hopeful um i still think it's a little bit more in our hands yes arsenal have a a lot to to do and, and they do have to throw it away a little bit but if we were looking at those um those fixtures uh, they have tougher away games. Um, oh, and I just keep going on about the fact that we need to win our home games. If we do win yeah. those home games, it's yeah. doable. If we don't win it, then it's then it's done. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's go. Let's go with seventy seventy two, and then fourth place. There you go. Lee agrees with you on that point. Sam, yeah. come over to you. If you're going to stick your neck out, you know you've been uh, you know full of optimism quite all night. I know again you want to reserve judgment a little bit because it is Spurs. But based on those fixtures, we've got to come. Obviously, we've gone through the lot, the next, the next six ahead. Um, on the context at Spurs at the moment, we currently sit on uh, 51 points of a goal difference of 11. Arsenal actually are a better goal difference of 13 and have got three points more. What do you think is achievable, Sam? Can Spurs get into that top four? Of course we can. Um, I, I must admit, we can. I think we're going to finish fifth. And, and you, I know you're probably thinking that's super negative. That's just 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 my, my opinion. Um, we're still building. We're going to gather momentum. Uh, we haven't got the upper hand on Arsenal. Um, I, I don't think they're going to take all of a sudden a, a one eighty in form. Um, uh, but I do have this dream of Antonio Conte running down the sideline on the last game of the season. The fans pouring onto the field, everyone going absolutely bananas. My dog screaming because I'm I'm shouting in the front room, or I'm I'm I'm, I'm watching the game somewhere, going wild. I have that dream. I want Tottenham to win fourth. We can win fourth. Um, I've just been so level-headed by Tottenham, Ricky, and the way it's looking, it's still tough to get fifth. Yeah. And um, it, it's we need to be real with ourselves, you know. Um, granted, you, you know, you want to speak to a real, true Spurs fan. They're gonna, and 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 I love Tottenham with every bone in my body. Um, I, I want, I want to win fourth place, and a lot of people say it can be done, which it can be. But I think fifth is a realistic mark, and I'd like that to be. I'd like my expectations to be 
um, <laughs> uh, to, to be excelled. I'd like to, um, yeah. to be surprised by that. No, that's absolutely fair. I mean, listen, Sam, I, I think based on what you're saying, it, you know, if I'm being honest with you, I think for me, um, I think it's going to ask a lot of us to go and win. If we're discounting Liverpool, you know, eight of the last nine, it's, it's going to be very hard to do. And based on Spurs' form over the last couple of months, I mean, I'm not sure if I can see it. I'll be honest with you. I think, you know, like I, I agree with Anna, the home games. I don't think we can afford to drop any points at home. It's whether, you know, we are going to be able to be comfortable to go on a run away and get the results. But what does give me confidence and optimism is that Conte, obviously, when he first came into the job, and he did go nine Premier League games unbeaten. However, I think a lot of it was down to a new manager bounce and the fact that there was such um, excitement around Conte's arrival that I think the players really bought into that. I'm not sure if that level of spirit, although it is obviously a camp that is committed to Conte, I'm not sure whether we can match those energy levels in these last nine games, I'll be honest. James, I could see you maybe writing down, scribbling down some of the predictions there. What would... What do you what do you think, James? Honestly, overall, again, you're you're very honest. You'll tell it as it is. Can Spurs do it? Will Spurs do it? Well, I'm, I've just been uh, doing some quick maths, so here we go. So I reckon that we're going to end up with sixty six points. So that is uh, where are we? Three points against Newcastle, three points against Villa, three points against Brighton, three points against Brentford, three points against Leicester losing against Liverpool, a draw against Burnley, you know, Burnley, and then winning against Norwich. And that'll take us to 66 points. Now, what about if Arsenal? you then... Yeah, I, I was going to get that far, but I haven't yet. Um, but if you look <laughs> at their fixtures, I, I, I kind of been... I kind of, obviously, you don't really look at Arsenal's fixtures unless you can help it. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think they will draw against Palace. Hang on. I'll write this down. Draw, uh, draw against Palace. They'll beat Brighton. They'll beat Southampton. They'll lose to Chelsea. Draw with Man United. They will beat West Ham. Draw with Leeds. Beat Newcastle. And beat Everton. Which is... Uh, 9-10... 16, 17 more points, which puts them on. It's too late for this man. Uh, Who says these podcasts are impromptu? <laughs> you got the maths on the spot. <laughs> yeah, so 50. There you go, them. clipped. He's right. Probably you will be clipped after this. Like an episode of Countdown, this. I, I, I love it. Not, I not a good episode of the cards. Yeah. <laughs> that puts them on 60. So we'll, we're six points clear. Do you Honestly, I mean, King I'm, I'm the positive one. Do you, do you is 66 points going to be enough? Do you reckon? Well, it is, if, it is if Arsenal get 60. Yeah, well, it is if Arsenal get 60. But, you know, United even? We're going to discount United even? You don't think United... Yeah, yeah, no, no, United are done. United aren't getting it. Interesting. Um, forget them. I'm not even going to look at their fixtures. Well, that, that, I mean, that would be, from what I can understand, I think that would be the lowest points total. I don't remember a team getting into top four on 66 points. I might be wrong. James, can you think of a team that got in on 66? That would probably be the lowest, right? I can barely remember my own name because only because it's on the screen. So I think no, no. I mean no, but you know, I think, I think, I, yeah. I don't, I don't. Even if our even if Arsenal get to, it could be that we finish on the same points. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think it's eminent. It's more doable than I thought it was ten minutes ago. So well, there yeah. you go. Well, I think <laughs> I think on that basis, it sounds like again we've got Sammy saying you're going for fifth. Sam, I'll be honest, yeah. I mean. 
I'm tending to kind of a, a go with you, Sam, at the moment. I feel like unless Spurs can really put together a consistent run, I know obviously we've come off the back of back-to-back wins. For me, where I stand is I need to see more to be really convinced at the moment. I, I really, really do. I know obviously comments here saying 69. <laughs> joke, that being the magic number, potentially. Um, but I mean, Anna, where you stand, <laughs> where you stand Anna, on it, you think Spurs could potentially still do it. It's still in our hands to do it, right? Yeah, home games. And look, we haven't talked about it, but that derby yeah. is a massive thing, in my opinion, wherever that yeah, goes. However, absolutely, whatever yeah. points we get, whatever points they get, one game a week, apart from mm. the derby, which will be sometime midweek or however they want to do it. Yeah. It makes a difference. If we win that game, that's obviously a six-pointer difference. And maybe that's the, that's how we get the 16 and 66 points difference. I don't know. but um... No, I did some bad maths there. We'll come back to that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, back around no, Jay, in a second, Anna, you finish your point when you come back around Jay. No, that was it. I Go just on. the home games make a massive difference, yeah. And you know, it is tough. We haven't put in a streak like that. It is difficult, but it has to start somewhere. And if it starts now, great. If it doesn't, we're still a work in progress. And nobody expected miracles. Fifth isn't being overly negative at all. I know you said that, Sammy. You think you're negative. That's not negative. I think negative would be saying we're finishing 10th or something. Sure. I think, you know, fifth is still good considering how everything went with Nuno and mm. when Conte came in. So, you know, it'd be great. And we have to aim high because what other purpose is there? We have to aim high. If we aim high and we finish fourth, fantastic. If we finish fifth, not the end of the world. Let, yeah. let me remind you there, Ricky, as well. You only win derbies when the, the manager make sure that you realise how bad it is to lose derbies. When you've got that, you, you, when you've got that person driving you in the dressing room, they're the same, um, with the same aggression like you see Roy, you wish Roy, Roy Keane was probably, wishes he was giving to Manchester United in his post-match interviews. Somebody drumming it home to you about how much you should be giving when you're in a derby. If there's one man that's going to deliver that, it's Antonio Conte. I can see us when we come up against Arsenal we will beat them. And I think they are playing great football. But one of my predictions of the season, and I know they, like I said, they're quite bipolar, they're shaky because I worry about the teams that I think that, that should be dead certs. We will beat Arsenal. We will beat yeah. them. You can click that and quote it. If, with Antonio Conte, um, that's what's <laughs> going to happen. That's what's going to happen. He will make sure of it. He knows how big it is. Because Do you know why? Because he's been at Chelsea. And he just knows. He knows... How he's going to know how to drum it into the players. Uh, yeah. So I, fan, I definitely fancy us against the Gunners, mate, as well. I think that's detracted now from the comments about James's math. So I must say, I must say, we are nearly 10 o'clock in the evening and James had to work that out in the space of a couple of minutes. So let James have this clarification, please. No, I, 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 I can, I can, I can justify this. So when you... It, I was basically looking... If you look at it, you always think the last number is points. But actually, that was their goals for. So we were 10 out. So they're on 70, not... 60 so yeah we will finish fifth i was at least I, at least i was right with my uh my views all along that we're probably not going to finish so that's fine but yeah there you go. we're brought back down to earth sam is sam is caught about the dog sorry and jenna's got us finishing fifth so it's all worth yeah, yeah. and and he's all right saying that he lives up north you can't you say that in living around here are you gonna get yeah, lynched yeah. It's a nightmare, absolutely. So. absolutely absolutely well, there you go. I mean, that's, that's the battle for the top four. Um, we will go for our final break of the show uh, for our listeners on audio. Now, it's a good time to say that on the last one on Spurs here, um, that we are absolutely delighted to be sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, now, Nord, of course, is a, is a secure 
Fast VPN that offers you the opportunity, I must say, sense of being able to change your location settings to gain uh, a YouTube premium, I must say, which is one of the things that I've found really good with this product. So, for example, by changing your location settings, you can get YouTube premium at a discount for the likes of changing your location settings to the likes of Argentina and India. We're delighted the last one on Spurs here to actually be running a special campaign at the moment, which will allow you to get yourselves a new VPN plan plus one month free and a bonus gift by using the code LWOS. And we're putting that link for you in the description below. So make sure you check that out. Um, and again, I think you can save again on the likes, of course, of Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. So again, make sure you do check that out. We'd like that say to be sponsored by Nord on this show. So thank you so much for that. Guys, we're gonna do a very, very quick uh loan roundup. I think it's fair to say that top four battle was uh, longer than we expected, despite uh all the brain power that went into the, the, well, the accumulation of the points. Um, so with Spurs at the moment in terms of loans, we know Ndombele, um, although having a promising start, of course, in Lyon, was an unused sub for their previous game against Stained Reigns on Sunday. Uh, Brian Hill, he got himself at 74 minutes on the clock um, in another successful game for Valencia as they beat Elch 1-0 on Saturday. Uh, Pape Matassar, oh, um, bizarrely, he, he's really struggled for game time um, since actually completing his move to Spurs, it, it seems that it's gone the other effect, where since he's signed for Tottenham, his form's gone off a cliff, which is slightly worrying. So we'll, we'll hope that will come back into consideration. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, still performing well for Celtic. Looks like he's going to most likely um, make that move permanent to them in the summer window. So one to watch out for. Uh, Troy Parrott's been speaking, saying that for him, ultimately he would love Spurs to be the club that he sees his true ambition at, wants to play regularly. Um, Keon Tete, he once again missed out for Cheltenham Town this week with an ankle injury. Uh, Jack Clark followed up his fine goal for Sunderland last week with an assist after 74 minutes to his name. Uh, Alfie Whiteman still looking for starts. And also Kasper Kulisic, who's down at Potter's Bar, uh, headed out on loan to them. Um, he was an unused sub last week. So credit, I must say, to uh, Football.London for that report. Thank you so much for that. I know Ali Gold is a regular in terms of being able to give you that uh, loan roundup. So, again, I mean, in terms of loan players, coming around to you, Anna, um, and Dombele, Lacelso, what do you think? Is it a case that these guys, guys have got to get moves in the summer? First of all, I was so impressed with that roundup. I thought you just did Elf by heart. So, well done, London, Football London, for that. But um... oh, man. I can't take credit <laughs> for that. Football London <laughs> definitely must take credit for that one. Uh, and Dombele, I... Oh, I'm good to say I don't really want him to come back. <laughs> I don't really want him to come back. I don't think his heart's in it. I think he's an incredible talent. Some of the moves he does on the ball, he clearly loves the sport. He knows what he needs to do. But I just don't think he cared about football at Tottenham. I don't think he cared about football in England. Um, so, no, I don't really want him to come back. Hill, I liked. I thought he was enthusiastic. Really wish he would have stayed or went to an English club, championship or whichever, just to see how that worked out a bit more for him. Um, probably working on, on the English language as well a little bit. Uh, I would have liked that. So I like, but I don't know. He's never really he just got reached that level, really got there with it. So um, I would like him back. But yeah. equally, if we sign someone better, then I'm not going to shed a tear. Um, and then the rest you mentioned are just like side people. Sar, I don't really know much about, so I'm not even going to mention that. And then the academy player is great. Oh, Vickers, yes, he can go. 
like that's fine I've pretty much written him off already but, <laughs> um and the other ones I'm like you know what if they're good enough they can come I'll let yeah. others make decisions on that that's not me um yeah, that's fair. I mean, Sam, come over to you. Um, the likes of Ndombele, the likes of Hill, Celso. What do you think the future holds for those guys? I mean, Conte seemed to be clear that, you know, maybe in the Hill's case, he needs to go out and actually get, obviously, some ex- some more experience. I mean, arguably for me, I'd like to have seen him go to a Premier League team, but you maybe argue maybe a Premier League team didn't want to take him, which is, again, hence the reason why he's back in La Liga. But for Lacelso and Ndombele, what do you think the future uh, holds for those guys? Well, uh, let's, the La Celso is easy to put to bed. Uh, uh, Kulicheski's done more in seven games than he did in fifty-one, and um, and which is a fact. And um, and 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 Dombele, I mean, he was like my ex-girlfriend. I just always always wanted to see more of him, and was really let down when I did. And um, you know, it's just it, it's it's just, it, it, I don't want him back. I don't think he's got the heart. Um, he, uh, he he really railed Tottenham fans with his attitude. Um, it was almost pretty much bigger than the club. Don't like that. Never have. Like humble players um, um, that, that 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 know the talent. That he was just. I don't know. There was something about him. He didn't fit Tottenham Tottenham's ethics uh, and aura for me. Uh, and Dumbley silky as hell when he could. You know when he wanted to be, um, but. Um, and produced some great moments. I mean, you could put a good 10-minute YouTube clip together for him, but he wasn't for Tottenham. Um, so I don't want anybody back. I want fresh. I want to see the type of players that Conte's got his eyes on, like like we keep mentioning, like Benton Kerr and Kulusevsky. I want to see more of them um, in the squad. Loans, get them gone. Um, I must admit, there's a couple of um, of the youth players that have, that. that as naturally they do, have had to go out that I'd like to see um, given a chance back at Tottenham, considering the form. Uh, but it's premature to say, isn't it? You know, we've got to, um, being a Tottenham fan, focusing on the future, how hard is that? Um, it's, all about, it's all about the now, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, I'd like to see and pretty much almost anybody play under Antonio Conte. He's made four players in our squad who are, are potentially... Um, Norwich player standard or cha- or championship standard look absolutely fantastic. So, um, so you never know. Very quickly, James, for you on, on that loan roundup. Um, what do you think the future holds for some of those players there? I mean, Ndombele, the Celso, by all accounts, it seems like Ndombele, from reports we've heard from France, that, you know, very unlikely that they'll be able to structure a deal for him to remain at the club. Um and the Celso, again, you know, to be fair, I know obviously he's got himself into, you know, a Champions League quarterfinal with Villarreal. What do you think if you just hold for those two key players and the ones that they mentioned? Um, I mean, the Celso, I, I've always, I always liked, I liked him at Betis. I think he played a lot further forward. He plays as a false nine. He's actually, stylistically, he's not dissimilar to Kulisewski. But he, you're right, he's just done nothing. And that's the problem. He... I think his last season in Betis, I think he got 18 goals and he just didn't, it, for whatever reason, it just didn't translate to Spurs. And I think um, I like him as a player. I'm, I'm enjoying watching him for Villarreal, but fundamentally he's not, he didn't do anything for Spurs and there's no reason to suggest that he would do anything. He, he I think it was always quite unstable when he was there, yep. which hasn't helped him. But I think at this point, I'm not sure he, um, he integrated very well. Like, a lot of the Spurs players live near me and you see them around and 
um, and he was never there. Like, I, 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 I think we spoke about this when I was on last time. I, I was one of the ones who spotted Ndombele training on the bit of grass at the top of the road during lockdown when he shouldn't have been with Jose Mourinho, which is really weird. Um, but I think, I think, I don't think he ever really fitted in. I don't think people liked him too much. Um, and I mean, as, as we, when I used to work in football, you hear things, and I think he didn't settle. Um, and Dombele's a really difficult one. Um, I, he's, he's one of my favourite players in the world. I love watching him play. I think he's, I think players like that. Are, he's a proper Tottenham player. He's all skill, and he's, he's beautiful to watch. But he's just like he he does it for ten minutes per game, and it's just not. Unfortunately, it's just not what we paid for, and it's not. Yeah. And actually, he's not doing that well for Leon. He's doing okay. He was benched at the weekend. They structured this deal where it's going to be a fifty-seven million. We we essentially we'd get our money back. Yeah. Um, if they wanted to buy him at the end of the season, which they were never ever going to do, they could. No. They would never be able to afford it. Yeah. Um, even I know they sold Bruno Guimaraes to to Newcastle, but they just he was, ne- was that was never going to happen. My concern is that he will co- will come back. He needs to he needs to go to Lille or a smaller French club and just Can play. You see, though, there. James, if he does come back, there's no there's no way back from under Conte, in your opinion. Is that is that? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think. I'm, I, I, unfortunately, because I'd love to, I'd actually love to see someone get mm. hold of him and make him consistent. Like yeah. he like they, the, the the game he played against Man City in the Champions League when he was at Lille, uh, sorry Leon was unbelievable. He ran that game against Man City when they when they it when was they beat. formidable. It's incredible. But he, he but he's never replicated that, you yeah. know. And it was difficult. He was twenty two and he came over to a country where he didn't speak the language. And it's hard. I get it. And he just didn't settle. And I don't particularly think, I don't think he's got the motivation to play a, to to do that to put himself out and to go. And it's such a shame because. That sort of talent is once in a generation, and he just yeah. he's just waste, he's just wasting it. On the other ones, I'm a massive fan of Brian Hill. Um, I, I completely agree with you. He should have got a loan in the Premier League. Um, I actually think he'd be a pretty interesting fit as a wing back. Um, just maybe needs but, to beef up a little bit. Yeah, he does. He does. But then the same, you could say you could have said the same for Sessignon, and he went and yeah. played in Hoffen. He played yeah, at Hoffenheim, and he played 20 games in a row. And yeah. he's, he came back and obviously then he got injured, but he's been much, he's much more physically robust when he's on the pitch than he has yeah, been. I mean, in, so, in, a, in a weird way, Judge, I've said it before, you know, I think he, for some reason, I've just got to think that he could be better than Regulon. I, I've just got oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Regu- yeah. Regu- I mean, that, that, that's probably one for another time, but Regulon, I don't think he's a wing-back. He's a very good attacking full-back. Being mm-hmm. an attacking full-back isn't the same as being a wing-back. And he, yeah. you know... He's like the older. He's like a jigsaw. He goes to pieces in the box, and it's just a bit of a night. It's just a bit of a nightmare when he gets there because he has the chances. But I mean, he scored the other week. But um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think he. I think the other thing when I watched Brian Hill when he was in Spain originally, he played exclusively as a left winger, and he played. They people tried to play him as a, a, a left-footed uh, right winger cutting in, and he's just not suited to that. Like that's the fashion at the moment. To have like Kulisewski is doing a brilliant job of, Hill's just, he's a guy you should put on the wing and who, who will get to the touchline and cut the ball back. And he's just, yeah. um, that the only, the, I think the only position he'll play for us would be, because he's obviously not going to take Sun's position, would be as a wing back. The, the only other one that's worth, I guess, mentioning is Pepe Mete Sar. And that, I, I think this is always going to happen. He hasn't played any, he went away to the Cup of Nations 
Um, he played a bit, didn't play a lot, and then he's come back, and they know they're losing him in the summer. So why would they play him now? Why would they not integrate the rest of uh, the well, players that they bought in January, kids that they bought through? There's no motivation for for them to play him. We should have, I think, we should have probably got him in and loaned him out somewhere in England or even to a different French club. Um, but there's no motivation for Mets to play him, which is a, which is a shame. Oh, the other one was Jack Clark, um, yeah. who I thought that was an awful loan for him. He should be playing in the like he left the Championship team to come to us, and what three years he later, be getting, two years yeah. later, he's, he's been loaned to a League One club. Yeah, and but again, actually, he's been on the bench for a, mu- uh, a month. Yeah, and now he's starting. It's weird. You just reckon, James? Does that just that just come down to very quickly? Maybe it just comes down to the fact they just can't get a loan. They just can't get a loan for him in the Championship. Maybe I think that's difficult. I mean, again, with Hill, I'm sure the club would have wanted to get a Premier League loan. But again, it's whether those Premier League clubs that are fighting relegation or in that position where they want maybe tried and tested. This is, I think, is maybe the biggest problem, right? Maybe, but even if you play him, like he's he's tried and tested in. He's played in the Championship for Leeds. I think he he didn't play a lot, but he played 15 games. I think he could have easily been loaned there. I, again, I think he's he'd be an inter- he's a he'd be an interesting option as a right wing back as well, but not yeah. more attacking option. But yeah, I mean they've obviously got a relationship with Sunderland because they sold Dennis Serkin there, yeah. um, who is a really interesting prospect who obviously had a, a tragic loss of his father and kind of mm. needed to get out of London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a, there's clearly a relationship there, but I don't. I, I think it's a bad loan for him. I'm for, and. and uh, yeah, he played really well in pre-season as well. So I don't really know yeah, what's happened is, there. But. Which is the shame. Yeah, very can't find it, guys. A quick five. Just, I mean, we have had some uh, transfer rumours already and uh, we're in mid-March. So uh, I know, crazy, this is what it is, isn't it? Where the football season goes, well, when the fixtures go quiet, the transfer uh, season comes alive and we're not even in the transfer season yet. Um, Samuel, we'll start with you. Uh, Paolo Dybala, how many times have we had that name mentioned on a... Spurs podcast being heavily oh, for Spurs. Uh, apparently, we're the main suitors uh, by reports, and uh, the decisive fact will be if the club are in the Champions League. But reportedly, uh, Conte and Paratici um, keener to sign him at Spurs than Spurs have ever been before. Can we do it, Sammy, or do you just not buy too much into it until you see my shirt? Oh, Ricky, it's it's so frustrating because when I was working. With clubs in the Premier League, I, I, I got to know quite a lot of agents and sometimes even they don't know what's going on. And some of the rumours that come out are just ridiculous. But Tottenham, I have to say, um, because in the transfer window, it's natural to look at everybody's transfer news. Obviously, with Tottenham, it's just ridiculous. This Dybala rumour has just been going on for so long. I'm deflated by it now. Um and also, I, I wonder about forwards wanting to come to Tottenham. I, I wonder about that. And if I was a forward, would I want to go to Tottenham? No, um, I, I don't think I would. Um, with, with the competition, with, with, with Harry Kane there, um, I just, I, I just don't know. I don't. Surely see someone's it. got to back themselves. What if Santa? they're young? Mm. Sorry. What if they're young and they would want to learn from? The best I, I striker can, in the Premier League right that, now. But it's when you it's when you're purchasing these big names with the big stature for the big money, and you know oh. they are that you know the superstars, and, and are they going to be a superstar ahead of Harry Kane? My opinion, Nana, is no. Um, and I just feel as though you need playmakers. For don't get me wrong, Harry Kane can be a playmaker, and I will I'll be the first to say I think he's probably the best playmaker in the league next to Kevin De Bruyne. Even though he's a striker, that's how much I rate him. Unbelievable. 
But I just feel as though he needs more of these assertive players around him other than somebody next to him. Um, you know, OK, granted, somebody who can dip into a position um, that, that Kane usually takes because uh, he feeds the ball in quite a lot. But it, I just look at the setup at Tottenham and... Um, I don't. It's so funny because I'm, I'm, I really hope I don't eat my words with with any particular injury, especially not Harry Kane. That sends shivers up my spine, even saying those words. But I just, I just don't see a striker as our main priority in any way whatsoever at Tottenham at the moment. Um, I think our attack is brilliant. I think using um, dropping out a Kulusevski, Kulusevski to start every time for me at the moment. By the way, he's won me over. Uh, but I think using Bergwin for more than four minutes per game would be useful. Um, uh, he's definitely got a lot more energy to give. I think just maybe utilising the players we've got. And we don't really talk about Lucas Moura too much and you know what he brings to the table. I think looking at the front with Moura, Son, Kane, Bergwin, I, I just feel as though the focus is massively at the back where we're loose. Um, and that holding midfield where we could just do with a little bit of strength and depth in the squad. Um, anyway, that was a long-winded uh, way of me saying the Dybala rumour has got no effect on me, Ricky, <laughs> because um, I'm just sick of hearing it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I rate him. I really, I, obviously, I rate him. He's fantastic. Mm. But yeah. it's just, you know, who says he's in Spurs are in front runners above Arsenal and United? Where's that? Well, from? I get it. it yeah, I mean, Murray, it's purely reports. There's nothing, nothing concrete, which is obviously it isn't concrete. Let me tell yeah. you. And um, and 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 it's a free transfer. It's a big move. That that is a massive move. So who's there'll be a massive to... signing on fee there for the agent. It, don't don't forget yeah. that as well. Oh, of course, yeah. But it's yeah. just. I don't think it's a Tottenham fit. Okay, um, interesting. I don't think it'll happen, mate. Okay, very quickly, Anna, uh, let's go to you. Can it can it happen? Will it happen, Anna, for you? No, no, I don't. I don't see us signing big name players like that. Um, I just don't think it's happening. I think we do need a striker um, backup. We've always needed that, basically, since Harry's just been Harry. Um, and I think it is very hard to buy anyone who is just willing to sit on the bench for more often than not. That's why I said, I think a young player who would want to learn under Harry Kane would be, would be ideal. Um, but you would have thought we had those people in the academy. So, so that's difficult. Um, I think going back to that point about Mora and, and Bergwijn, I think it's just what we said earlier is that we're sticking to the same 11 and the subs don't come in early enough either. I really like Mora. I think he does divide the, the fan base in general. Yeah, um, does. Yeah. But so does Bergwijn. But the point, whoever it is, you can't give them four minutes. You can't give them maybe 10 minutes even, like unless they do a Bergwijn against Leicester. But realistically you need to give them time and yep. like frequently just to get anything out of them because no player is going to like there's difference between training and simulated matches versus match fitness and the only way you'll get that is in the stadium on the pitch so um we don't have the biggest squad in the world but we need to start utilizing it and if they're that bad then we need to start lining up people like how we can get rid of them and like your winxes um, and your Rodons because, you know, I sometimes even forget about Rodons. So, you know, if they are that bad, then we need to start lining these people up. I need to start setting them quickly and then need to get in replacements for them because um, 
that's that's the way it is so yeah another long-winded one but no Dybala because I think there's too much to do to to bring in one player we need to do some much smaller ones a little bit like you know what we did with Benta and, and Deki I mean we need these players who were Juve rejects or rejects but then they work because <laughs> whoever brings them in knows what how to bring the best out of them yeah no it's fair I mean James to close it with you just on, on Dybala because that's that's the uh the headline rumor at the moment um what, what do you think of that potential move, James? A, a player that you would like? Is that a move you could see happening? No, I'm, I, I agree with Anna and Sammy, to be honest. That I, I know that I know for a fact that the first time this happened, that Spurs were definitely in for him and it got really far down the line. But we're a different club now. Um, I can see why it's happening because he's on a free transfer, which is Paratici's raison d'etre when he was at Juventus, getting these players on high wages that are free transfers. Ronaldo, etc., etc., etc. Conte is there, and he's obviously worked with him. Um, firstly, I don't think we'd pay the wages that you would have to pay to get him in on a free transfer. Um, I don't think we need him. The only way we would need him is if the club have changed their policy around selling players, and they feel now is an opportune time to sell either Son or Kane to optimise their value. Don't worry, Anna. I don't think that's a good idea, but. Uh, that so I mean there is a there is a there is a there is a train of thought that we have sold players at the wrong times. Outside of Carl Walker, we've sold them when their value was on the way down. So that we couldn't but I don't, I just don't think he's a stylistic fit for this formation. I, I would I'm not a fan of Lucas Moore and I'd sell sell him while he's got some residual value and getting a, a younger player with Bergvine um and see how that worked out. Uh, and I, I think yeah you would never get rid of like Kulisevsky is great. You wouldn't drop Son or Kane, so I don't think he's. I don't think. He, and the other thing is, obviously, you've you've got the World Cup in November, December next year or January. Like, yeah, if he comes in, he'll want to play. And if he's not playing, he won't get in the Argentina squad. The same applies to Latoro Martinez. Yeah, who we were. I think he's obviously signed a new contract now. It's just it, it just doesn't. We've got so many. It pretty much so. We've got holes all over the pitch. We need a left center half. We need backup for Dyer or. A, a kid who will eventually replace oh, oh, left side right, back. Yeah. 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 Left sided centre back, right wing back, potentially a left wing back if Reggie yeah. if we if they if Madrid reactivate the clause. I think we need yeah. another central midfielder because Winks should probably now Depart. go. Yeah. And that, we need another body in there. Maybe Saar is that person. So I think there's and we I think again we spoke at the beginning about about the Conte's mood. And Conte's mood must be amazing because now, before when we weren't winning, he had little le- leverage with with Levy. Now we're winning on with a ropey team. Mm-hmm. He can go to him in the summer, say, "Look, I've done really well. I've got us. Let, let's say fifth for the sake of argument. Yeah, give me give me some money. It doesn't, uh, but we wouldn't we wouldn't do that with Dybala. I think you need to buy three or four or five squad players yeah. and Dabala will take up the whole of the wage structure. It will mean that Kane will need a, a pay increase, that Son will need a pay increase, potentially Romero will need a pay increase. But you never know because there's Juventus contacts. He's a mate of Romero's. Mm. So who knows? Uh, I again, think I happens. think we, we all play the agreement that, you know, Conte going into next season, you're going to have to, I mean, you can't imagine going into next season with 12 months in his contract, right? So they're going to have to address that in the summer. I can't imagine a situation where that isn't addressed, right, James? Do you, I mean, surely we have to address that in the summer Conte's contract. He does. He does have a. I know he's, he's got the, we have the ability third, to. It's, it's, the, yeah. it's an activation of a further year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, assuming that they 
the, the, the problem is, yeah, if we bought all the players to play in his system and then Pochettino comes back and wants to play a back four, you start your stuff again, right? Yeah, so absolutely. you have to rebuild the whole squad again. So, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, with the best will in the world, look at the search for the manager in the summer after Mourinho. Yeah, exactly. Left. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Gattuso, Nuno, like these, these, like these players on Scattergun approach. Yeah, completely. So I don't, I think, yeah, they need to nail, nail Conte down for certainly that extension and potentially longer. Amazing. Well, listen, guys, it's been a real pleasure having you all. James, just to stick with you, uh, where can people find uh, more of your views on Spurs? Where can we find you across the socials? Uh, I'm on James W. Dickens on Twitter, as you've tweeted out. Um, I promise I won't do any maths on that, so you, you'll be fine. <laughs> just the tag and only. James, love to have you on. We'll try and get you back Thanks, on. If not, end of this season, it'll definitely begin the next. Listen, Cheers. of course, our Spurs correspondent, Anna from Spurs, it's why. Anna, we must say, obviously, there's been a COVID outbreak tonight, which is why we're not reporting on the Spurs women. Obviously, they've got a massive game coming up against Arsenal on the weekend. That's probably in doubt now, right? It probably is in doubt. And uh, I saw one of the comments as well. Arsenal actually played tonight um, against Wolfsburg or one of them, and they drew. Um, yep. They just pulled it back. So that was a that was a good game for them. Um, they're on form. So, you know, either way, we would have played, well, it's still scheduled to go ahead. We're playing at the Etihad because obviously it's an international break for the men. So it's a big game in that sense as well because we're at the main stadium. Um, I'm going if it's still going ahead. So fingers crossed. I'm not that hopeful, but hey-ho. Um, yeah, you can find me on SpursXY on YouTube and on Twitter and AnnaXY Sports as well on Twitter and Instagram. Amazing. Anna, been a real pleasure having you on. Always a pleasure. Hopefully, if Spurs do get that game on Sunday, we'll hopefully get Anna to give us a slight audio clipping for the Sunday, um, letting us know what and how Spurs got on. And finally, listen, last but not least, the wonderful Sammy Powell back on last one on Spurs. Despite all our technical hitches, Sammy had you back on. Sammy, where can we find you across the socials, mate? It's been lovely having you back on. Oh, you don't want to be finding me on social media, mate. <laughs> That's, uh, I'll find you. But no, you can, uh, Sammy L. Powell, I mean, listen. You, Check you his hard drive. You, you don't know what you're going to get from, from me, do you, Ricky? A picture of my roast dinner. Uh, some views on Tottenham or me cuddling my dog. It doesn't matter. It's not fully dedicated to Spurs, however I am. Um, but yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, being back on as well, matey. Um, Listen, just on the off chance, I mean, I never promote anything on here, actually. But what I will say is I'm on the sunny seaside coast of Blackpool um, and I've got um, interest in multiple businesses. Uh, but one of them that is a completely complimentary business, we uh, is a discountsblackpool.com. And we have a free we have a discount card that you can download to your wallet in your phone if you ever visit in Blackpool. It's got discounts for all the attractions. It's completely free, by the way. You can go to shops and get things half price, get meals, buy one, get one free and stuff like that. And we've done that. Um, it's a completely complimentary product, non-profitable product that we've done to boost tourism in the seaside coast. Um, so, any, so um, you know, anybody can can jump on there and get that downloaded as well. Just thought I'd mention that because summer's coming up. Um, Amazing. And if you fancied a donkey ride, then uh, <laughs> sorry, it's not quite your uh, riding your horses, Anna, but, you know, it's uh, riding a donkey along Blackpool Beach. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure being back on with all of you. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing to be back on the show again, Ricky. Thank you. Loved it. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for all your support. So I think we had about nearly four or five hundred of you watching us live on a non-game day night. So thank you so much for all of your incredible support uh, for last one on Spurs, for the guys here. Thanks for showing us all the love. Uh, we are back with you on Sunday for yet another last word on Spurs. Spurs got an international break, but we keep on working uh, from Anna, 
from James, from Sammy, from myself. Guys, keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.